Coming to you from high atop our studios in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're listening to Tech Move. This is episode 41. In today's show, Keith and I talk about cutting the cord. We also have several reviews on products from Hutu and the new Apple iMac Pro. Plus, we give you a preview of NAB 2018 happening in Las Vegas. I'm Rod Louie, and with me is Keith Moreau. Get ready. It's time for another exciting episode of Tech Move. Let's go! Well, welcome everyone to episode 41 of Tech Move. It is Rod Louie here, along with the illustrious Keith Moreau. Keith, how are you today? Very good, Rod. Thank you very much. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very, very well, especially since this is probably, you know, as we kind of explained at the end of episode 40, how uh, we've had a lot of material kind of in the can and yeah. uh, and we kind of want to bring it out now, but we also want to talk about some things that have happened to us as, as far as this early part of the new year, as mm-hmm. far as new gear and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, without wasting any time, uh, you know, usually we do a year end kind of wrap up on things that, you know, you're getting, you know, as, you know, year end clearance type of items, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Mm-hmm. Let's kick this off. Let's kick off this episode 41 with talking about New Year's acquisitions, shall we? <laughs> sure. And I know that <laughs> Keith Moreau has just a laundry list of things that have come his way that Santa has dropped off his door. So let's get into it right now. Keith, what would you like to start off with first as far as a new piece of gear? Okay, I think I'm going to talk about the thing that is uh, maybe more consumerish, but I also got it for pro use too, and it's uh, my foray into a 4K UHD, HDR, Ultra HD television. Ah, uh, yes, very yeah. nice. Yeah. So um, I recently got the 75-inch Sony XBR 940E, which is their latest uh, 4K television. A 75, fantastic. It's pretty big. That's a great display. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, And I I think I had a 60 or 65 before. It's in the bedroom. Right. And I think I had a 60 or 65 before. But um, I actually use it a lot for... I uh, use that that TV in that room a lot for just kind of queuing my videos, believe it or not. Yeah. And because um, it's, you know, it's usually a consumerish TV and also it's a really dark environment and it's really big. So yeah. I can really see the pixels and how good or lousy, you know, the image is. Sure. So I decided I might be producing uh, HDR stuff in, in in the near future. So I wanted to get something that could actually display that on a big big screen mm. so that was the primary reason to get it but um to, but to drive it um i also got an apple tv 4k which is their very very newest apple tv 4 um so there's like the apple tv 1 2 3 yep. 4 and then the 4k so and this, this one actually has built-in siri on it and stuff like that yeah i think the 4 
I had the four as well. Oh, um, the, did it uh, have previously. that on on there too? Yeah, it had a little uh, little button you could press, and okay. it was really good at at transcribing your your voice right. to search for stuff. Sure. Um, and I think it's gotten even the whole system's gotten more advanced because after you install the different apps for the kind of cable cutting thing, right? Um, it will kind of have a record of all the different channels you've watched and what's available, and you can kind of search for things, right? Um, like that are across all these different apps. So that part's pretty cool. I haven't fully utilized that, but it's kind of funny because, like, if I watch something on HBO or Showtime or Netflix, it'll they'll appear in this kind of main screen. Right. And you can resume watching them and instead of having to go to the app and launch it and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, And the TV itself is, is nice and big and beautiful. HDR, um, I think it has potential if it's all tuned up right. But in general, I find the HDR experience to be a little uh, finicky, <laughs> shall I say. Right. Um, by HDR, it's basically just super bright. It's it's the able to produce super bright highlights. I think that's kind of the main it, thing that's going on. Is with this it. something that needs to be calibrated? I think it probably would work a lot better if I actually calibrated it, and I have not really at this point. I've just kind so of so you're you're pretty it. much you're pretty much using like uh, stock settings or whatever's available um, on it. I'm actually I'm actually start with the stock settings, but then it looks so bad that it's just kind of a tune it up. To make it look good, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, and there probably is a more scientific way to make it look good, and I just haven't endeavored into it. And and I have all these calibration like things that you can stick on your screen and stuff that I use on my computers down in my editing suite, but I haven't done that yet. But just in general, it's kind of like it's hard to get an image that is sufficiently bright in normal scenes. Uh, without making it so bright that it's blinding to me in, right. the, in the in the highlights. For example, you, you get it to be like a, like a dark room setting. On a normal TV, you can kind of make stuff out and it looks good. On this TV, a dark room setting is kind of too dark. It's kind of like looking at a dark room, but you can't see that well. Right. And then there'll be like a light bulb and it's really super bright. So it's kind of weird. It's like, yeah, maybe it's more realistic, but I'm not used to looking at a TV that way. I'm used to looking at a TV where all the tones are compressed, you yeah. know, and everything's fitting into this like eight bit tonal range and and luminance range. And and now it's got ten or twelve bit luminance range going on and mul- lots of colors. And it's so I, it's kind of a I, I I started to I got it to be tuned so that it starts looking kind of more normal, but a little bit more dynamic on the on the high end. So. But I'm just saying for anybody who gets one of these, maybe don't expect it to be super awesome when you first get it. Expect to have to <laughs> adjust it a bit. <laughs> so, you, you know, when, when when you're looking at a monitor like this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how does this affect our ever favorite subject of filmic uh, versus, you know, I mean, you know, like sporting events are going to look terrific, right? V- very vibrant, very popish. Potentially, yeah. yeah. At least it should be. Mm-hmm. Filmic, though, you know, where in some ways, you know, colors are a little bit more muted. Uh, at mm-hmm. least they should be, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, is it overkill? Is it overkill for with this type of television? I think it actually can tend to make things less filmic than they, than our, I don't know, our definition or our 
perception of what filmic is. We've talked about it a lot. Yeah. I think I think unless it's tuned right, for example, just kind of out of the box, it's got all these motion adjustments, like it's interpolating motion and making things look like a soap opera. You have to turn all that stuff off or else it, everything looks like a soap opera. <laughs> right. Um, and sometimes you want that maybe in sporting events. You want it to look really super live and everything's really quick and there's no juddering. But when you have that on a movie, it looks awful, right? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. So you have to turn all that stuff off. And then, but I've seen a few HDR films. There's a couple things that you can get, kind of get for free. Um, and then all Netflix and Amazon is potentially HDR. A lot of the programs are. Mm-hmm. So I can watch a lot of that stuff in 4K and HDR. And it's kind of amazingly great in some cases. Like, it's so clear and it's so much dynamic range that... If I look, but that kind of, and in a way that kind of sharpness and everything slightly takes away the filmic quality. That's, that's where, that's where I'm thinking because like, you know, I, I've seen some of these displays where they just look so good that it just becomes like computer animation almost, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a fine line. And I think again, the tuning can help, but you, but if you're just like an average person that doesn't know what to do with the, 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 the brightness and color and gamma curves and all that stuff. I think you'll just wind up with something that's probably less filmic than a, than a standard TV. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So with me, I'm, I'm always feeling it. It's kind of like with Veronica and I are watching TV. I like pause. I say, sorry, sweet. I have to just pause this and I'm just going to make some adjustments on the yeah. TV right. as I notice things that are weird and, and not pleasing. Right. So yeah. And most people probably wouldn't do that. They just kind of leave it in whatever setting it is and then just accept it. So I think you have to be kind of geeky to, to get these things to look good, the HDR ones. But here's, okay, so here's my rant on this. So I got this super, right, Apple TV 4K. Right. And and it had this weird issue, like, it seemed like it was broken. Because basically I would, it would work fine. You know, I'd set it all up, work great, love the interface. The Apple TV interface, bar none, is the best interface out of any player, Right. Right, it really looks great. It's a it's fun. Pretty, it's a fun thing. It, yeah, it, 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 they 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 really gave it a lot of thought. It looks awesome. Yeah. yeah, it makes it makes like the Roku interface look like like it's twenty years, it's right. two decades behind the times. Correct. Or even the Sony interface that comes with the TV. It just it's all it all looks like it's like Mac versus Windows, right? Right. Everything else looks like Windows, and 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 the Apple TV looks like a Mac. That's just like the easiest definition. So all that's pretty cool, and then the. The remote is simple, maybe too simple, but it's still pretty good. Um, so I love that part of it, but 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 uh, all that is thrown out the window because basically, out of the box and kind of in general, there's a really I think there's a really huge bug with the Apple TV 4K mm. on 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 4K material. If you are watching something in 4K and you have all the the cables and everything, all the HDMI and the right cables and everything set up to drive the TV in 4K and the high definition and the high color and all that stuff, um, after it goes after the Apple TV goes to sleep or some amount of time goes on, the Apple TV and the TV uh, miscommunicate and basically it is continually like losing the signal. Mm. So so I'll turn I'll turn everything off for the night, come back the next day, and then the TV can't find the Apple TV. Or if the Apple TV does play, it plays black. So or it it'll it'll say it can't play or there's a problem, sorry, you're gonna have to restart on the Apple TV. You know, basically it just doesn't work if you let let it sit for a while in four K. 
and of course, I don't want to keep switching it betwe- between. I just want it to be a 4K thing. Right. And so I called Apple. They said, yeah. The, and I looked, and then I finally looked on these different Apple forums about it. And it seems like it's a pretty universal problem. It's like, it's not just me, because I actually returned one of my Apple TV 4Ks and mm-hmm. got a new one and had the same exact problem. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, it's, I, so it's just a part of the unit. It's a bug. Uh-huh. It's a bug. And I think that they just need to, they basically just need to buy a TV like mine, mm. or actually it's not just my brand. It happens with LGs and Samsungs and other TVs that other people are talking about, mm-hmm. and just connect it for a while, let it go to sleep or whatever it does, come back, and then it's, this problem will happen. It's an, I think it's an HDMI problem. Mm-hmm. I think it's like it's losing signal and it can't reconnect, and then it's not smart enough to just restart itself. So... It's kind of a shame, and and I don't know if it's ever going to be fixed. But somebody in one of the forums, somebody mentioned that they had put a, an HDMI switch in between the TV and the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So I figured, okay, I'm going to spend thirty five dollars, and there were some really good switches for pretty cheap. Yeah, um, you know, there's tons of them out there. Yeah, and and so I just a couple days ago I installed that, and as a switch, I think it kind of sucks. <laughs> um, because it doesn't seem to switch reliably. Like if I go to one 4K thing and another thing, right. when I go back to the Apple TV, it's kind of got like a half digital noise and half not. Oh, okay. But yeah, because I think maybe it's just not. Com- the, maybe it's the another Apple TV issue. But but if you, my remote, I have this kind of fancy remote that turns everything on and off and controls everything. Mm. It's a Harmony remote. Right. If I turn everything off at the end of my watching session, which I normally do. Uh, it it doesn't turn the Apple TV off because that's just kind of always on, but right. it turns the switch off and it turns the TV off. Uh huh. And I think by doing that, the Apple TV is kind of on its own, and it and it goes, oh, okay, everything's off. I'm gonna reset myself. And then when you turn everything back on, it it kind of mon- is monitoring the HDMI and it's resetting. Mm-hmm. And so I don't actually with the switch in the in the line, I think it's actually working because every time I've come back, it hasn't had this issue. I've able to resume my my stuff hmm. and I don't have this issue. So uh, I'm not going to, and I'm going to post on the forums about this, but basically if you're out there and you have this issue, get a cheap switch, put it in between. If you still are really tied to getting, keeping your Apple TV 4k, just try this. I think it'll probably work. And so that, so that's a pretty good workaround there. I think so. You know, jury's out maybe by the next time we record, I'll just go, it just all sucks. Right. And returning it. But for now it's a good workaround. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's great. No, yeah, the, the, so the, 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 that's an that's an excellent thing. Well, uh, and as far as the uh, the Sony TV, um, I, I, I guess you're. Do you think you're going to work on any calibration on it, uh, or is it just uh, you're just going to go with it? I probably will, but at this point, it looks good enough on most material that I've just hand adjusted it where I'm kind of happy with it. I think if I start, you know, viewing my videos and producing HDR videos and think I'm going to, I'm going to definitely get it, have a setting that's calibrated. Um, for now though, I'm, it's, I'm pretty happy with, with how it looks. It's a little, another thing is with different apps, with different providers like HBO versus Netflix versus like Amazon, they, they have slightly, di- I think they have slightly different colorists or color standards. Sure. So they actually look different. Um, like I'm noticing that HBO stuff looks a lot dimmer than like Amazon stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. That's just an example, but mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. So they can both be 4K HDR, but one 
one needs a different setting sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which is kind of, and you'd never really experience that in standard definition or standard like HD. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think, but I'm I'm happy with the TV. It's a nice big TV. It's not cheap. Um, it's pretty expensive. Once you get, start getting into like the 75 inch, oh yeah, and above, they start getting really expensive. Definitely, and then this one's supposed to be really good. It's got all the local dimming and everything, so it's really like probably the pinnacle of LCDs at this point for unless you get like an OLED it's one of the pinnacles of it's, it's not a look. it's not a curved monitor is it it's it's no. a it's a flat right i would never get a big curved one i i don't i don't like those curved ones. although you have a curved monitor for the editing uh, studio correct i do that's just cuz i'm sitting close right but that's the only but reason in- why it would be useful yeah, I I don't think unless your your seating arrangement is just like one seat, right? Like five feet away. I don't think the curved TV. I think it's a gimmick, right? That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I I I've never liked it when I've seen it at the stores and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, uh one last thing. Uh, sure. you know when when you're using the Apple TV and or the TV itself, uh, you're not using Wi-Fi to get your 4K, uh. Uh, material you, you do are you using actual uh, uh, network cable for it I, I've always if, if it's if it's available I've always used Ethernet cable right um, so I have one Ethernet cable going into a hub switch mm-hmm. and then that fans out to my different things like the TV and the and the Apple TV and the Roku and the 4k um, blu-ray um, and I think that's all the 4k devices I have mm-hmm. and I have some other network devices yeah so I have this all, it's all, but the, oh, actually, no, the Roku, for some reason, the the newest Roku, and maybe it's just the, the model I got, it does not have an Ethernet cable. Um, but I guess it's the, I guess the Wi-Fi is fast enough to support 4K. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're never going to get beyond what Netflix or HBO is transmitting. Right, exactly. Yeah. They, they, so they kind of have their limits of what they can do and stuff like that. Yeah, they just can't spit out that, it would be too expensive for them to be putting out, uh, really dense um high bandwidth stuff that would only support ethernet so i I guess it's okay because i've that was my fallback i installed that and and of course it works perfectly without any workarounds but uh (laughs) right but it's a roku and it's not the same as apple tv right so i think apple tv should just bundle this cheap chinese switch um with every apple tv purchase right (laughs) <laughs> they, that, that, that would be that, that'd be very generous if they did that but i'm sure they won't so that's fantastic well keith let's do this let's take a let's take a quick time out and we're okay. going to come back okay. uh with more uh things uh in your uh new year's uh gear bag and, and yours too and mine too i I've, yeah. I've got a couple little things i'd like to share with our uh fine listening folks but let's uh take a take a minute here we're gonna break and uh-huh. we're going to come right back with more of this right here on Tech Move. Right, we're back. It's Tech Move with Rod Louie and Keith Moreau, and uh, we're continuing on uh, with just our intro portion, which is so great uh, because yeah. we have so much stuff to cover. Keith, I um, let, let let me let me start this uh, second part of our uh, little jolly intro, 
and make a uh, dazzling uh, 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 announcement here mm-hmm. on the uh, airwaves of Tech Move, uh, <laughs> high atop our uh, luxury studios here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Well, Rod Louie has yet again flaked out and oh. flamed out because I am not, and I repeat, not going to purchase a Sony A6500. What? I know. It's shocking. It's shocking. Well, let me really state it in this way. I'm going to have to delay because instead, uh, a, 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 something uh, came up where I said to myself, okay, I'm ready to make the dive in. I'm ready to, you know, contact, you know, the, the camera store, put the order in, buy all this stuff and get the camera. And I had mm-hmm. I had dough in my hot little hand burning a hole in my pocket, ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. And then the best of me came and said, you know what? Is this the best way you could spend your money, your hard-earned piggy bank that you just broke open, and instead maybe you could use something that you could use more on an everyday thing? And you know what, Keith? Instead... I went with that smarter sense within me, and I instead got a, a MacBook Pro. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that that's always good. At least you, at least you stay kind of within our realm. Yeah, I know. figure it's something that we could talk about. I figure yeah. it's something that we could talk about. All your pur- purchases should be something related to tech move. And as long as you've done that, um, it's fine. It doesn't really matter what it is. Right. Well, you know, I, 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 I figure as long as you plug it in, we could pretty much talk about it. I also bought a new electric fan, which I oh, was going to yeah. talk about, too. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll save that till, till after this little segment. One of those Vortex fans. Right. Those vertical. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Right. I, I see another 40-minute segment t- coming tw- up. 24-inch uh, blades. <laughs> That's all I know. Um, okay, so uh, let, let, let me do this because, you know what, a lot of our listening audience, I know you do too, have MacBook Pros, all this kind yes. of stuff. Standard MacBook Pro, it's it's great. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep. I'm, I'm using it, mm-hmm. you know, probably more often than I would a Sony A6500. But this is what I wanted to share, and this is going to be a good discussion for us because... Okay. Uh, it's still very relevant as far as my deciding on what to purchase. And so let, let me br- break out the scenario. Okay. So the A6500 can be bought as a kit uh, uh, at certain retailers, right? Like Amazon, they have a kit. I think, I think B&H has one. I think that kind of, yeah, everybody. Yeah, but, and a kit, kit is like where you get this lens and then some, a couple other things thrown right. in. They, yeah. they might throw in a bag. They might throw in an extra SD card, a flash, whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm a big fan of kits. Okay. Yeah. I'm a bit. I'm a big fan of kits because sometimes you get more bang for your buck. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's here's where I I had made a little rough spreadsheet for myself to kind of think about. Really, was that going to be the best way to go? So let me share this with you. Okay. Sure. Let me yeah. share this with you. An A6500 kit, okay, which was going to come with the, uh, uh, let's see, wait, let me, let me verify this. Let me make sure I'm saying what I'm going to say. Um, and then, of course, but, and you did this a while back, so by now it's 
right it's a bit cheaper all different right it's a bit cheaper now it's a bit cheaper now uh uh but but not by much okay so um okay so here's what i really wanted to get um okay the kit was going to come with the body of 6500 and then a 18 to 105 uh f4 lens yeah, I've got one of those. Mm-hmm. Okay, which, which which is a great lens. Yeah, that's really versatile. That was going to be. L- l- I'm going to round up eighteen hundred bucks. Okay, yeah. For that, okay. Mm-hmm. Then there's another kit that that was out there, uh, the body with a uh, sixteen to fifty and a fifty five to two ten lens. Now right. those and- those are all variable lenses, right? Like what three three point five to six or something like that yeah very low aperture right? very low aperture you know it's just two lenses that cover the gamut right 16 to yep. two, two, 210 that yep. was going to be 1500 bucks yeah okay so now i'm at 1750 and 1500 now if i wanted to get the just the straight 18 to 105 f4 g lens that was going to be 600 bucks there right and then the body you could get for like eleven hundred bucks. So that was going to be about another. Uh, 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 th- so that's seventeen hundred bucks still. Okay, so we're at seventeen hundred dollars with the lens of eighteen to one hundred five. Yes. Okay. Not bad. Not not horrible. I could deal with that. But the piece de resistance that I wanted to get was the body of sixty five uh, and a Sigma eighteen to thirty five the one point eight art lens. Yes. 700 bucks there. Yes. And then you got to throw in a Sigma MC11 as the adapter. Yes. 250 for that. Yes. Okay. That brings me up to 2100 bucks. Yes. Now if I wanted also the 24 to 70 millimeter 2.8, that's another $1300. Yes. That's $3500. For the all Sigma Sony package. Right. Okay. In your mind, I could have spent uh, I, I, I could have spent that kind of money on it, but what was gonna get me through the day? Right. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not really, you know, I mean I had come to to the thought that hey, maybe the 18 to 105 F4 g lens was going to be good enough i mean 18 to 105 that's a pretty good that's pretty good coverage right there it's pretty versatile the aperture is f4 so not super shallowed up the field but it's a good it's actually a pretty good lens yeah i i i i've heard nothing but good reviews about it uh, yeah. sure it's not the fastest I, thing in the world it's been sitting in my drawer for like seven months <laughs> i haven't even looked at it but yeah go ahead <laughs> so so you know so that would have been a 1700 dollar package and it works right out the shoot right no adapter you slap it on put in an sd card off you go yep and and that that could work i was I, I, you know i was really thinking about that i thought that maybe that might be the way to go at 700 bucks with an 18 to 105 that might get me through the day for everything that i do which which is essentially travel vacation family stuff 
you know, and then I'll save up my 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 ducats to to you know some other Sony two point eight lens somewhere down the road or something like that, or mm-hmm. you know, or save up for the uh, uh, a Sigma art, uh, you know, with the adapter. But yep. you know, but you know, there we're talking. If I were just get the eighteen to thirty five with the adapter, that would still would have been twenty one hundred bucks. Yeah. So twenty one hundred versus seventeen. I think I could have dealt with an F4. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What do you think of that? What do you think of that logic? That's beautiful logic by me. Beautiful logic. The That combo I actually have used several times with the A7s that I have. Just, with just, an F4? With an F4? Yeah, with the yeah. F4, just, just to get the shot, just to have something where it's super light, because that lens is quite light. It feels like it's just, well... It's probably not super well made, but it's 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 okay, you know, quality wise. It's not like super heavy like the Sigmas. It's quite light, so it's a really good walk around lens that can get you pretty close if you need to zoom in. Right, and it's fairly fairly wide as well, and it's got optical image stabilization too. Right. So, um, so it's pretty good. I, I think I've used it more in my F FS five than than the Sony A sevens because the A seven S and R twos have the built in stabilization, so I don't need the stabilization in the lens as much but the fs5 doesn't so it's a good good lens and the autofocus and stuff like work that works pretty well with it um see now here here's the thing here here's a so like for the so that's 1700 bucks right yeah 1700 bucks or 65 in the f4 or i could have gone with the two lenses of the 16 to 50 and the 55 to 210 which is even 300 dollars less yeah than that but I think the yeah. lenses are probably going to be much worse. Yeah, and not as versatile, and 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 the range, and and having to switch them around, and yeah, right. I'd, I'd say the other ones just it's it's the one you could just keep on there all the time and not miss any shots, and not spend a lot of time fiddling with changing lenses. Right. And, yeah. And and f four will get me through the day, and so on and so forth. And yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It it will it will, and f four. With the APS-C type sensors, going to give you okay shot, shallow depth of field. Not not amazing, but you don't always need that. I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen certain uh, 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 test shots, and I, I, I think some of those G lenses get some pretty nice images as far as photography goes. Yeah, I think I, so. I think, I think they're pretty good. I think they're they pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, it has. It's never let me down. It's in fact, and it helped because it's so easy to use. So I, th- I think that's a pretty good starter combo. True or untrue yeah. that when you zoom in with this one, the barrel doesn't move, right? It's all inside? Uh, yeah, it is. And it's got a little servo thing on it, so you don't even, you kind of, it's just a lever you can move and it zooms in and out. Okay, I think. kind yeah. of mechanically, right? I think. No, I think no, it's, it's actually, it's actually got a electronic servo. So, yeah. zoom. So you okay. can just, yeah. So it's electronic zoom. I think you can, I'm not sure if you can zoom manually or not. It's been so long since I've used it, yeah. as I said. Right. In the drawer. Right. <laughs> as per usual, <laughs> as everything is, as everything is. I bet you have. I, I, I bet you don't even know where the A sixty five is right now. I, I do not know <laughs> where that is. It's probably it's, the dog's chew toy right now. I, I'm going to have to check that. Right. <laughs> you, yeah. you you will not confirm nor deny. I, 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 I appreciate that. Okay, that that's that's tremendous. That's right. Well, okay. So uh, so the bad news here, ladies and gentlemen. I know you're you're heartbroken. Uh, Rod Louis did not get an A sixty five hundred, but 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 at the time of this recording, 
uh, the rumor mill has been swirling about about Sony's A6700, which maybe um, Keith might buy for me when he goes to NAB 2018. Oh, yeah. I'll get that for you. Uh, I I just recommend you smash the case and then run like hell. <laughs> and uh, and even though it'll be made out of play doh, I don't care. <laughs> it's a non functional. It'll be non functional. There'll be no guts in it and stuff like that. But just take it anyway, yeah. and I'll be I'll be very happy with that. So yeah, that's um, good. And, and then then you could afford to buy some lenses for it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, so Keith, are you disappointed that I didn't get the A six thousand five hundred? Are you disappointed with that? What were we talking about again? Oh, right. the A six thousand five hundred. I think, I think, I think this is the um, the record setting subject matter. Yes, the sixty. I think we've talked about it in about six different episodes. So you know what's tremendous. Which- which is about five years in tech move time. Well, so it's well, been a while. And, 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 and you know what's great about it is that at the time of this recording, Rod Louis uh, A camera is still the GH1. So, <laughs> so uh, take that, all you, uh, all you uh, equipment hogs out there. Take that. I'm still using a GH1. How about that? So, uh, so you know, I, I do have a couple GH1s, or GH4s I'm not using. So I don't know if that's in your future or not possibilities, but I might be able to be willing to let one one of them go I, for uh, for a good deal. I might uh, I might think about that. That yeah. I mean, GH fours are uh, are incredible machines. Yeah, they're still they're still pretty good. and They're really small. They're yeah. definitely smaller than the GH five. And I got and, lenses for it already. And you got lenses, so it's not going to hurt you that much. And I have a and I I'd sweeten the pot with some free lighting gear. Because I've been cleaning out my garage, I changed my garage doors. Oh, and, and part of, part of the process, it's kind of like the first step in remodeling everything in the house. Right. So I got these really nice garage doors, the metal ones with the the kind of ones trans- with locks on them. Ones the with trans- locks on them, and, and- mm, well, no locks. It's all pretty smooth <laughs> on the outside, but it's got translucent glass. You know the, yeah. the panels. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those are nice. So, but they they require you to completely. Um, clear out your garage before they can install it. I never understand was, why. I never. All they're um, doing is putting up the rails uh, uh, on the side with the tracks. They don't need that much room. They're they're going to attach it to the to to the ceiling anyway. The thing is that these garage door installers they're prima donnas. They're yes. prima donnas. Yes. They need a lot of space. They have to you know have a, like a water bottle next to them, and they need <laughs> they have they need a little elbow room. They want to get they're a little claustrophobic, kind of just as a yes. As a as a profession, so they need that space. But anyway, so I had to. So I did both garages, you know, at once, and I had to essentially clear out both garages, which was crazy, because I have, you know, pretty much well half the garages are empty boxes from gear, <laughs> right? And uh, so I kind of just decided to get rid of like a lot of cardboard. Um, what, where is all this leading? I'm not sure. Well, it, it, well <laughs> how do we get it to garage? Well, but... <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, the the the, oh, yeah, the reason is because <laughs> you're gonna, and it's really more important for me because <laughs> it's right. sweetening the pie. I was trying uh, to I was trying to divert it away from my my promise, but now that you've reminded me. I, I, oh, I, don't don't worry. That's etched <laughs> in my brain. So you will be. You, you'll also throw in a car and possibly a washer dryer combination. <laughs> An old an old clawfoot bathtub. That's right. But um, that's right. 
antiques. So, yeah. No, actually, yeah. So I have all this old, like I have a ring light and I have some LEDs and I have a couple support gear and things that I just haven't used for ages and won't use, won't be using. So I might sweeten the pot with some of that stuff if that's useful to you. That is so. uh, that is certainly something of great consideration. <laughs> I will uh, certainly um, uh, let you know what. Well, you, we, you and I will have to talk offline. We'll talk offline. We'll uh, do some dealing offline. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> on a GH four. Um, yeah, plus a bunch of other gear, like like a right. whole studio's worth of gear. Right. That I don't. Well, good. Really need I'll, I'll be I'll be offering you up my. <laughs> $20 coupon to Roundtable Pizza. Ooh, I love a, that place. Uh, yeah, as a, uh, as a thing. So that would be something. So. Anyway, so I've got that. I've also got the 60 by 100, but I think I want to keep that because um, it's, it's, it's better than the GH4s. Thank you. Thank you for admitting that. Thank you. The, the, but, the honesty is, re- is really what's most appreciated. It, it's better than that thing that you're going to buy off right. me. Right. That, um, that piece of crap I'm going to buy off you. Right. But the GH4s are, I mean, they're no slouch. When they came out, they were they were pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And you do 4K video, and the, the the photos are good too. Yeah. And and but anyway, I have a GH5 now. I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking about maybe getting the GH5s. I remember we talked are about you that really? before. You're really kinda, thinking about doing it? Kind of kind of thinking. It's like for some reason it's. At first I said, nah, what's the point? Um, but now that I've actually like looked at the specs and kind of had some had some uses maybe uses for it. Right, um, it's basically like a GH4 that is in 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 in, the, in that it doesn't have stabilization in the sensor. Mm, right, um, but it's got really really pretty good low light capability. And, and, and the reason why they didn't put that uh, stabilization because they always figured that if this is going to be a true cinema camera, it's going to be on a tripod anyway, and you're not going to be running and gunning with it and all this kind of stuff, so that's why they took that out. Yeah, and also, no other real cinema camera has stabilization. There, there's no camera that really has it. The only one that's even close is the GH5. And, and I mean, you could kind of consider the GH5 kind of like a cheap cinema camera for all the feature ha- features it has because of the, the bit rate and everything that it can do. But, um, yeah, so the GH... So the the and also the color science is a little bit better. It's not quite as green, so it's, I think the images are going to look better than the GH5. Mm-hmm. So that those two things, um, and not not necessarily for like A cams or even B cams, but maybe like C cams. Like for example, the other day I was doing this thing behind uh, the stage, and I had an A7S up there in the corner, and those I had I didn't want it to be too big, so I didn't have an extra battery grip or extra power supply, and I had a little battery in it, and the thing died in the middle. Of oh the my. Show. Yeah, and I thought it would last an hour, but it only lasted like 20 or 30 minutes. I don't know why. It's like those little batteries are just unreliable. So uh, the thing about the GH4 and GH5s is that they their batteries last a while. They last for a couple hours at least, if not more. So that part's really cool. So if I could have a really high-quality camera that I could just kind of like set it and forget it and not worry about it for a couple hours with the battery in there and it's still kind of small, that part's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Right. And then... It has the high bitrate capability and the low light, so I don't know. So, I, so with the the GH five, uh, not the S, but the GH five that you have now, yeah. how is that low light capability, and is it markedly uh, better in the five S? 
it's supposedly much better in the 5S. Yeah. Like three times as good, if not more. Wow. Like, like some people have compared the the GH5S to, you know, like the A7R or A7s. Right. Or and, or and, the G- and you A65. know anybody can claim that, but is it usable? Is it usable footage? Yeah, I think it's. I think some. I think it's been claimed to be usable up to like uh, sixty four hundred, something like that. So it's so that's actually pretty good because sixty four hundred on the GH five or earlier is not very good. Oh. It's, it's very grainy, and it's kind of blocky noise. The problem with Panasonic is even their noise is just very digital looking, and other cameras' noise is better looking. Like the A sixty, the the uh, Sony's and the Canons are better. So I don't know. They don't have their it's like pixelated and patterny on on the GH series. Um, seems like they've gotten rid of that a little bit in the GH5S, and also it's just better in low light. So, and they have that new technology, the dual the dual sensitivity sensor right. they're coming out with. Yep. Like that's the thing on the EVA one, which is supposedly makes it better. But a lot of people say that the C200 is still better in low light than the EVA one. But um, yeah, so I, I don't think I would use the GH5S just for my like run and gun type handheld camera right unless i had a stabilized lens and then maybe i would do it but it's kind of appealing to me um and also with a speed booster on it and i just got the i actually just got a g the gh style uh, ef to micro four thirds high-end speed booster oh nice like the, what, like what, the, is that the mark four no yeah the is ult, it, i think it's called the ultra or okay something. okay yeah I, I actually have it right here i haven't even opened it yet but it's right in the box I mean, I'll read the box to you. Awesome. It's the. It's the I, I love when you read boxes. It's the um, Speed Booster Ultra 0.71X Canon EF to Micro Four Thirds. I should probably open this and test it to make sure it actually works. Because I've had it for like a month. Oh, it's too late open. now. Don't worry, it's too late. I know, but anyway, yeah. So with with the Speed Booster and a fast lens, it actually can be pretty good in low light. And this and the S, you could start rivaling, like the Sony's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and then I think the picture quality is, is getting there. Uh, it's probably not quite as good as the Sony's, but it's getting and, there. And I also think that the 5S includes S log. Uh, v log yeah. or V log, yeah. V log, uh, so that you wouldn't, so you won't you don't have, have to buy it. Uh, buy it. It'll already right. be a part of it. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm I'm kind of thinking about it. We'll see what happens at NAB and other stuff. So anyway, I guess back backtrack back 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 to. I'm sorry about the A6500 rod. No, I was really looking forward. No, to thank you very much. Well, well, th- thank thank you for uh uh for uh mentioning the GH4. I will definitely consider that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, because I mean, something like that makes a lot of sense. Because you know, I've already got lenses for it. I've got, you know, I've I've got a lot of stuff for it already, and uh, it would yeah. make a lot of sense. And if you got the speed booster, and so here, so here's a strategy. Maybe mm. get it, get the speed booster like the one I got, and then get and then get the, uh, you know, get the the nice art lens on it. Uh the one point eight. Yeah, uh-huh. and then. And then uh, you'll have some pretty nice shallow depth of field with it. At least is what at least what you would get with a uh, like the native A6500. Right. 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 And then that might be an, a really nice combo. And you've seen the that combo, you know, in all over 
YouTube and Vimeo looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. So you might get what you want and not, not have to change all your lenses and just right. You know. change, change, change my whole system out and stuff like yeah. that, which, which was a big concern. That was yeah. a big concern. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a place for the, the GH, the micro four thirds, especially when it comes to telephoto, there's definitely a place because mm. it's much easier to, 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 to get a super long zoom with a, with the micro four thirds than a larger sensor. Uh-huh. So if you want to get it really close to the subject, it's a lot easier to do that with a lot less glass. You know, like when you see, you know, when you look at sports events and you see those those guys that look like they have telescopes on the end of their Correct. SLRs. Correct. That's because they're using full frame cameras. You know. Yeah. Because so it's not really that like the the equivalent on 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 what I have now for my GH5 is a it's a 400 I think mm. it's it's a really nice lens and that's like the equivalent of one of those telescope looking lenses that you see on NFL, right? right? But it's, but it's said I can carry it and it's only about, you know, eight inches long, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Or, or like 10 inches long. So that part is pretty cool, you know, for, for wildlife or events or something like that. Right. right. So, right, right. yeah. So there's advantage. And then if you want to go wide, then get the speed booster and the EF lenses. Yeah. So right. anyway, that could be, yeah, I will, uh, we will talk offline and wheel and deal and uh, see what uh, <laughs> see what what um, I don't know what used car parts I can trade <laughs> with you. <laughs> anyway, you were you were saying that you you were saying that, I don't know if you want to continue this, but you were saying that you were you decided to get the MacBook Pro. So yes. you want to talk about it? Yeah. Let, let, okay. let, 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 let's let's talk about the MacBook Pro. Okay. Uh, because uh, I think that that. Uh, is kind of exciting for me. Um, hang on one moment. Let me let me tell you what what I got. Hang on. So of course, <laughs> so there there's kind of a rant uh, that I've got on. Oh, on, another another rant. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of. Okay, so so let me let me let me share with you uh, uh, what what I got here. Hang on. So I got I got myself a um, hang on let me let me pull this up. oh shoot that's not it hang on okay uh oh we're processing your okay so I got myself a uh, MacBook Pro uh, two point nine i seven okay yeah and that's good that's yeah, a really good one it's it, it's 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 okay it's not the fastest thing out there and stuff like that is uh, it the one with the the good video card or not or is I don't that know. You okay. know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I, I kind of doubt it. I, I, I didn't spend a whole ton of money on it, uh, but uh, I'm not sure what kind of uh, uh, video card I got with it. Oh, yeah. how can I tell? Hang on, hang on. About this Mac, let me see. Hang on. Okay. Uh, so I got a uh, Intel uh, graphics 630, 15 megabytes. Uh-huh. Or, but, well, no. Six, I'm six, sorry. 15 megabytes. I'm sorry. <laughs> 1536. So, uh, so it's, it's, it's an Intel 630, I guess. Okay, the built-in graphics. The built-in. Correct. Yeah, Correct. okay. Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, it, it, it works pretty well. Here's the rant that... that uh, so, okay, hey, you know, really, machine's a machine. It works fine, looks great. 
only thing I don't like is that, of course, all it is is just Thunderbolt ports, right? There's nothing else on it. So right. Can, no, no other ports. You can't do anything without dongling. I don't have, I don't even have a headphone jack. How about that? I don't even have a headphone jack for that, right? Wait, I thought there, no, I think there is actually a headphone jack. Not on this one. Really? You are correct. You have to use Bluetooth. They want you to buy like AirPods. This is a MacBook Pro? Correct. Huh. Cause mine, cause mine, which I thought was pretty similar to yours, which I also got recently, yes. has a little headphone jack right, right on the very back corner. Next to the the last Thunderbolt port on that side, on the right back. Oh, I'm sorry. It does. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I just okay. lied to you. I okay, just lied. Good. Because you know why? I have, because I bought <laughs> I bought an external dongle for it, and I and I use it over on that side. So okay. I, so I, it blocks it, it. It always blocks it. So you're okay. right. It, it does okay. have one. It, it okay, does. good. I sorry thought maybe they that. had the, the really cheap model. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, 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 they do have it. But anyway... Okay. So, okay, so that that's the one thing I'm not a big fan of. I mean, it looks nice and sleek, but Keith, I'm sure you've had to buy the dongles. The dongles are not terribly beautiful, and it just looks like this appendage that needs to be like, you know, uh uh put on what is a sleek, slick machine, and you got these things hanging off of it. It kind of looks a little dopey. Would you agree? Um, the looks of it when you're hanging everything off. Uh, <laughs> no, not not overly attractive. <laughs> right. But um, but you don't. Do you actually have a lot of things hanging out off of it? I don't. I don't. So I, yeah. I only I only plug it in when I need it. When I need it. Right. So like yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is why I'm which is what I'm going to get to, which is why I need to to get a dongle in the first place. Okay. So I you know I'm going to use this MacBook Pro just like I use my Mac, right? And I I don't know what you do, but uh, I also like uh, running Windows on my Macs. Okay. Yeah. Just, you, you know, know, for VMware work, or whatever, whatever yeah. and stuff like uh-huh. that. Okay. So on the desktop iMac that I have, I run Parallels, which I love. I love yeah. Parallels. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, Parallels uh, is now uh, charging something like $80 for a license now. And really? you and you have to use the newest one. And I said, well, you know, geez, I want to use Parallels because that's what I'm using now. I'm very familiar with it. It works beautiful. It's it's great and all that. I ain't paying no eighty dollars for no, uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I I won't even pay. You know, uh, I won't even give you fifty bucks for a GH4. I'm gonna try and get you down to twenty dollars for crying out loud. So anyway, you know, eighty dollars on a on a license for Parallels. Well, you know what are my options here? So I thought about doing boot camp and all this kind of mumbo jumbo, and then I stumbled onto something, and you might you might do this yourself, but uh uh but there is this very very nice program uh, called VirtualBox. Are you familiar with that? I've heard of it. Yes. Vir- VirtualBox is from Oracle, mm-hmm. and it is a free. VM thing. Oh, okay. So, uh, so it's free, and uh, and I've installed it. I've installed my Windows and my uh, Microsoft Office on that environment, mm-hmm. and 
although it doesn't work as beautifully as parallels, uh, it certainly works good enough to mm-hmm. you know just to run office and if I need uh, you know to do stuff like that, uh, it, it's it's going to work out great. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's really good, and I didn't have to pay eighty bucks for a freaking license, which drives me bananas. Yeah. Here, here's another thing. Here's another rant that I have. A friend of mine had Parallels 9 uh, as part of an OEM for a couple of uh, uh, MacBook Airs he had he had bought several years back, uh-huh. okay? And they threw in Parallels 9 with it. Uh-huh. Well, Parallels is up to version like 13 now or something like that. Uh-huh. In order to update, you have to spend the 80 bucks. So there is no real update. I don't know why they call it an update. It's not an update. It's really <laughs> buying a whole new one. Don't give me that crap. It's it drive me bananas. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Keith, what do you do to, to run Windows if you run Windows at all? Uh, VMware. You're Fusion. using VMware. Fusion. Yeah. yeah. VMware Fusion and uh, it seems like well. it's fine. It seems like it works fine. Yeah, I have been running either that. I think I've been running that for a pretty long time. I used to use Parallels before that, and I think I actually did use the VBox before um, when on some system because I I didn't have I didn't have the license or something to install it. Right. Even though I had VMware, and so I just did the box or the thing that you talked about. Right. And virtual it seemed like box. A, yeah, virtual, virtual box. box. Yep. Um, or maybe I was installing on somebody else's system and they needed to run some PC software and I just did it. I can't remember, but it seemed to work fine. Yeah. So that's a good solution. Yeah, I, I, it's a really great solution. I'm I'm pleased with it. Uh, again, it's not without its hiccups. Uh, it doesn't run quite as smoothly as Parallels, but for free, what are you going to complain about? Yes, exactly. So Exactly. There you go. There you go. Uh, Keith, what are your thoughts about the MacBook Pro? I think it's actually really pretty. Um, it's a great machine. I really, really love it. It's really just just the design, the color, the new space gray color they've come out with is really pretty. Yeah, I got the space gray too. Yeah, and um, touch bar. You like the touch bar? I got I got the yeah. I like the touch bar. I actually you know had seen it before and I thought it was a gimmick. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of like yeah. eh, this is just annoying. I'm never using but, it. I'm never oh, using it. Hardly ever. I'm, but I, I actually. Okay, so I, I, it's not that I don't use it that much or do use it, but I kind of like the idea of it. Um, I like the fact that it has the, when you touch it, uh, like for example, if you want to turn up, up or down the volume or up or down the brightness, yeah. it turns into a slider as you touch it. Right. And move it. And that, I thought that's, I think that's really cool. It's cool because it, it turns into something as you're using it that's kind of useful. Yes. Absolutely. Um, whereas before you'd always have to just kind of tap the, the up or down volume button or whatever you couldn't slide it correct and and uh and i think it might have some use like for some applications some apple applications or applications that support the scrubbing and stuff like that although at this point i haven't really used it for that right um so i don't i don't find it detracting from the performance of the mac like i don't think it's in the way of anything for me it's not i didn't i didn't i wasn't in in love with the other buttons so much the hard buttons yeah that that making it a soft touch has ruined anything. So that part's good. Um, and, and then it has potential for some interesting usefulness to it. You I, know, I, 
I, I have to interrupt and say that something that I am not used to, and you are, because this is my first laptop I've ever owned. Uh, I'm not used to this, uh, um, uh, the uh, touchpad. Oh, the really big touchpad? Yeah, the really big touchpad. You know, you got to use these certain gestures, and sure, you can make it your way, but... Boy, it's 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 really tough coming from you know working with a mouse and stuff like that. It's it's uh, there's a learning curve here for me. Oh, okay, yeah, just not used to using. Just I, not used to using it. You know, you got yeah. use two fingers to scroll up and down. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. You know. I uh, so I've been using you know MacBook Pro with it with the gesturing type thing for a long time. Right, so you're used yeah. to it, and yeah. and you can program it to do certain things that you want it to do specifically. So yeah, and yeah, so I find fine. it to be somewhat time saving. You know, for example, scrolling up and down, you can use two fingers. Right, I do that stuff too. around. Yeah, and that that really is a time saver. Yeah, I don't use too many of the other advanced ones just because yeah. I haven't needed to. I love the screen. Screen's great. Yeah, screen's great. Um, I personally haven't noticed it to be that much speedier than my like three year old version of that <laughs> oh, right 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 um th- th- i don't think it's i don't know but are you does... using a macbook pro for for anything that would require that kind of speediness you know what uh, i mean i mean you're re- yeah you really want to use the the desktop for that kind of you know for your yeah. editing you're not really doing much editing on and if you are it's probably very light editing on the fly yeah it's if I do it, it's just kind of emergency, like on a plane or something like that. Right. It's not like I'm plugging into monitors and really. A couple of times I've done done it on my old old one, and I found I found it to be pretty good. The older models, so I assume this one's even better because it's faster. Yeah. Yeah. It um, should be. Yeah. So, um, but I don't. It the speed doesn't jump out at me. In fact, there's some things that are slower than I think they should be. Like for example, the do you have the touch the touch unlock thing? Yes, the touch, the, the touch yeah. ID, touch yeah, ID, touch ID. Yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah, yes, I do. I find it to be kind of slow. Like it takes a while for it to open up. Is uh, that your your experience? I find it actually. I I actually find it more annoying to wake it up to get to that point. You know Maybe what that's I mean? It. Maybe it's just y- the waking y- for, part for, of it. For, for, from the part of opening up the lid. Uh, it, there seems to be a little bit of a delay. Like it doesn't know, am I really being opened and being asked to power on? And then comes the touch ID, you know, thing. And, and then that seems to work pretty well. Yeah. I think there needs to be some kind of, I don't know, There, Apple needs to let you know what's going on. Like yeah. it needs to just automatically, like don't do any thinking, just automatically put up something like uh, scanning your fingerprint with a little progress bar. Yeah. Because there. Because there's like that, and that's part of the initial. Like, if you looked at the original Apple Mac guidelines from 20 years ago, that's what they had this whole book on how to design interfaces. Like, never let the user just wait and not know what's going on. Always uh, put something up, right. like a little progress like, bar or something. Like the wheel. The, the, the wheel. wheel. Is, yeah. yeah, the wheel is something that happens now. But to me, it seems like when you first initially open the Mac, or turn it on or unlock it, it seems like nothing happens and you think it's locked. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. And, I agree yeah, with you on that. And I don't like that. That's not very Mac like. Yeah. And I agree. They, there could be something, I think there could be something in hardware that just, just while it's thinking, just put something up, spinning or thinking or ple- yeah. we'll be right back or <laughs> get some coffee. 
<laughs> be a while. This could be a while. Yeah, yeah. No, that. I, I, I mean, I, I would say my only complaint would be that is like yeah. when you know when you're opening up the lid and it just does take literally about maybe a second and a half, two seconds for the backlighting of the keyboard to illuminate, and yeah. then comes the Touch ID. You know, and then when you use the actual presslet, does it is it pretty quick? No, or for it me, it's long? pretty quick. See, for me, it's not that quick. So I might have some other. Maybe you need you know, to re- redo your fingerprints. Either redo the fingerprints or eliminate all the viruses that have gathered. <laughs> like that's that. it. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, hey, that's great. Well, congratulations on your MacBook Pro. Congratulations on my MacBook Pro. Uh, Keith, this is a great day for for Apple and a great day for uh, for TechMove that we have... Uh, Fantastic Mac Pro uh, Pros. So I'm. So let's see. What else is new? Do you want to talk about more stuff in this segment? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I do not because no. I I want to uh, no. take a break, <laughs> and I do not want to talk anymore because I'm still overly heated with parallels and them asking me for eighty dollars for a new license, and it's not an upgrade. Oh. It's a I had license. a parallel license in my drawer collecting dust next yeah. to my my. It, it Sony, wouldn't have worked. Sony yeah, I, 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 don't worry, I've tried. I've, I've, it wouldn't have worked. I've already tried. All right, uh, we're taking a break because my blood pressure has to come down, and uh, we will come back and uh, talk more about this. All right, Keith. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, we'll be right back with more on this. We call tech move. Right, welcome back to Tech Move, everyone. It's Rod, Louie, and Keith Moreau. And uh, Keith, I want to take a little minute here. Well, actually, several minutes. Actually, most likely a third of this podcast episode uh, to talk about something that has occurred with me that nobody else might find interesting, but I do because it's, of course, happening to me. And really, that's the most <laughs> important thing in life itself. And that is Rod Louie has cut the cord to cable. Oh, no. No, exactly. I've finally done it. I'll give you a little bit of a background. So, uh, so I, had, um, I had a satellite service. I, I will not tell you which one uh, that I had, but I had a satellite service. And uh, yeah. and suddenly was it the Sp- Sputnik? Right. Oh, no, yes. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. It's the older older style right. one. Go ahead. <laughs> right. That 20- all you got all you got in your cable channel was little beeps. Well, that, well and that twenty five foot dish out in the backyard is just <laughs> humongous. It's, I just need to get rid of it anyway. Um. So anyway, so this uh satellite service that I had, all of a sudden one day it says that oh. Something's wrong. You lost complete signal. Call us at the 800 number. I call them at the 800 number. I, th- you know, of course, before I do that, I do the hard reset, blah, 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 this and that. Nothing works. Uh, nothing works. And I call them up and I say, uh, you know, hey, there's a problem. And then the long story short, they tell me that I need one of those uh, 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 one to two coaxial splitters to be mm-hmm. replaced. 
Mm. Okay. Of which I could go to, you know, Radio Shack, where if they're still around, I could go anywhere and buy one of those for $2. In fact, I might have mm. one in a box somewhere that I could use, yeah. right? I have about 50 of right, them. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so I could do that, but, uh, but, they're, uh, but it's either that or it's that one out on this, or, or, or the much more complicated one outside the house, right? The actual, mm-hmm. uh, you know, real signal splitter that they use. Yeah. So they want they say, well, we need to send out that technician, and I yeah. said, okay, that's fine. You know, send out a technician. That'll be that'll that'll be great. Okay, Mister yeah. Louie, that'll be uh, ninety nine dollars. Yeah. And I said ninety nine dollars, but this is your thing. Yeah. And, and and they said, well, you know, it's a service call, blah blah blah. So we have to charge you ninety nine. I said, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm over. It. I'm tired. Uh, there's only so much a, an abused spouse can take. I must. <laughs> In this relationship, I must. So, uh, so I said, you know what? I got to cancel. Sorry, you know that that that's it. I'm done. Then they try and lure me back with all this great stuff. You know, they would they would uh, forego the fee. They'd knock off twenty bucks a month. They do this. They do that. Sorry, you lost me, kids. That's it. So now Rod Louis made the leap. I am now going to be streaming everything now. Everything is starting to stream. Okay. So were you were you actually like physically upset during this call, or did you just kind of did it kind of steam and you thought about it later and uh, like the, what was your mood? The, uh, well, you know, I'm not one to overly yell at uh, <laughs> at customer service uh, uh, technicians, only because I had yeah. done that for a couple of yeah. years myself. And you're only given, you know, certain tools that you can do, and then you've got to escalate calls. It's not really their fault. They can only do so much, right? Right. And and they're only following their pursuit. So I don't yell at them, but just as, you know, know, uh, satellite TV is getting into that, like, $100 mark. Yeah. And, uh, And it's cost, you know, and for that much money... For me to watch, you know, uh, you know, diners, drive-ins, and dives doesn't seem like a great return on investment. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, it, and also very pixelated, and yeah. it's and it's not it's not even as good a reception as you would off you know rabbit ears or the you know or the nice new HD TV uh, uh, or HD. Uh, indoor antennas that you can get for right. like twenty dollars, right? Right, right, right. So I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm over it. So, so I, so I ended so it. You, so you're not, you're not really cutting the cable. You're more like cutting your satellite. Yes, feed. You are okay. correct, but but it's kind of like a centralized channel service, kind of like cable. You are similar. You are cable. absolutely yeah. correct. You are absolutely okay. correct. Right. My TV yeah. provider will no uh-huh. longer be. Uh, 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 the satellite service. Yeah, I will get. And you didn't. And you didn't go to a regular standard type cable. You are correct. You are a b- okay. b- b- because uh, my parents uh, had the most basic of cable television and were paying one hundred and ten dollars a month. Yeah, you know because yeah. I'm 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 too tired to go back. You know, every few months and say, "Oh, can you work me a deal? Oh, can you work me a deal?" And then they just raise yeah. it. You know, because you got to do that every like, you know, two years every, and then every year after that, whatever it is. You know, the, 
They should have. There should now. This is like this is. I, I'm giving this out free to our listeners. If you want to start this business, well, go ahead. I guess. Sure. But a service that does the follow up to get the better deals for you when your current deal expires. You know, like the ninety days or six months. Six months of one dollar a month for all the channels, <laughs> fifteen thousand channels, and HBO and Stars <laughs> and everything. And then after six months or whatever, it runs out. Then it just gets automatically raised. There's no notification. All of a sudden, you know, six months later, you realize that your bills are like $300 a month. <laughs> and <laughs> so for the people out there, free idea, million billion dollar idea, a service, kind of like Hutu or not Hutu. Um, what's that service that does all the social media stuff for you? Um, I don't know because you know, I'm not on it. Oh, okay. Well, there's a cer- there are free services that will... You just go into one one place and it'll it'll log your you know your selfie to every single social media p- possibility. Oh, almost like a password just manager, but for stuff. Yeah, online multiple po- multiple posting. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so look, do that for discounts, all kinds of discounts, all kinds of free offers, all kinds of expiring offers. You know, uh, like you know, and and, and well, you know, uh, the, the, that does sound like a great service, although I have to tell you, I'm exhausted listening to you just even describe that. So I, I just wouldn't, I know it would not be me to do that. So I think the, I think the suicide rate on people working for that service would be pretty, pretty high. <laughs> right. It's right up there with 911 <laughs> operators and uh, people who, who, who look to save us 50 cents on our cable bill. So yeah, and and the USPS. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Okay, so 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 I'm out. Right, so now uh-huh. so now Rod Louie has ventured in the foray of streaming uh, uh, television. Okay, and uh, so I had been investigating a lot of different uh, things, uh, things like you know Hulu, things like uh, YouTube TV. Uh, uh, who, who are who are all the other ones? Oh, uh, Sony's View. All the all, all these providers, all of them look great, right? Yeah, like H- HBO Go, Showtime Go, well, uh, Stars, all the different channels right. you can separately correct subscribe to. Yeah, but but, but I was uh-huh. more looking for a all-in-one provider to handle oh, okay. all that stuff, right? Rather yeah. than having to go to HBO separate or Showtime separate or ESPN separate. I wanted to go to an all-in-one. So, Got you know, uh, oh, and then let's also mention Sling, right? From, uh, uh, I think oh, that's yeah. from Dish Network, which was which was also a great one. Um, yeah. So anyway, and they're all, you know, around that $40 mark, you know, depending. Yeah. So I finally, uh, and then of course, let's not forget that you know a lot of us out here on uh, uh, Tech Move Land have uh, already have Amazon Prime, right? So so mm-hmm. Amazon Video is available uh, mm-hmm. to us. So so that's that's one thing. And so I, du- I I thought I'd double down, and I finally decided to go with Hulu TV, or, or it's actually called mm. Hulu with Live TV. And okay. and that's okay. a uh, forty dollar a month uh, 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 offering, where uh-huh. where they offer me uh, not only the usual uh, Hulu and Hulu Plus service, which is uh-huh. you know stuff on demand, but they uh-huh. also broadcast live uh, all all these different networks. So mm. so uh, live you know with commercials and all this kind of stuff. 
So okay, so I went okay. with that. So forty bucks, you get the Hulu catalog plus this live ability to to watch TV, and so it's just got all the major networks plus like normal cable channels that you might get, the, and the ones that I like, and the ones okay. that I like, uh, you know, like your uh, ESPNs, your local uh-huh. sports channels, and your uh, uh-huh. uh, and your major networks, and uh, you know things like TBS, FX, uh, home. Uh, HGTV, food, all that stuff. It, it's great. It, I, I love it. I, I think it's great. Uh-huh. I think it works great. The only how do you access it? You access you, uh, you access it through uh, through uh, for me. Okay, well, see, this, everyone will access it better than I will. <laughs> the, and, and this is a, a, a thing because I've got a lot to tell you, Keith. This is an incredible story because. As you, well, you might not remember or you've tried to hide it away in the depths of your mind because it's too painful for you to listen to. But Rod Louis still owns this gargantuan uh, projection-sized TV. It's a rear projection TV uh, that weighs about 10,000 pounds, right? Yeah. And I actually thought that that was going to be um, confiscated by the government for, you know old dangerous technology real short funny story it, <laughs> real short funny story it broke down on me so no I, so, so i so i had a repair guy come out to oh, look at it, right, right i had a repair guy he had to make a house call because it's so heavy it can't go anywhere so a repair guy's got to come out here he tells me he tells me that uh the replacement card on it would cost me uh 350 dollars to replace uh-huh. I said, man, that's a lot of money for a TV that's worth nothing, right? So yeah. I said, okay, great. So I called around. It was going to cost me $500 to have it thrown away. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was no. going to cost me like 500 bucks to have one of those junk guys come and take it and throw it away. So I said, you know uh-huh. what? I'll pay the 350 and get it fixed and it'll still work. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing is so old, Keith, that all it has on it is component video. Yeah. Okay, you know, red, green, and blue, right? That's so. The, what happens when you get a device that doesn't have components? Well, how do you plug it? That, in? That's that's where I'm coming to. So, uh, so I've had I, I, I've owned a couple of these now. In fact, I just replaced one. I have a HDMI to component converter. Uh, they're around forty dollars. I bought my first one about two years ago uh, when I got my Sony PlayStation, mm-hmm. and uh, and I got one of those, and it and it worked great. It it you 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 plug the HDMI into this thing, and then I take the component out and put it in the uh-huh. TV. Works fantastic, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I noticed that some of the things, even within the PS3. We're not working right. Like some of the some of the installed apps, like the YouTube's, weren't working well. Uh, uh, the Hulu was not working well. I said maybe it's my converter, so I decided to spend another thirty dollars on a new converter. All right, and I just got that plugged in. Everything works beautiful. So good that I'm now able to plug in my Chromecast into this converter and now it shows up on my old old TV. So it works great. Really fantastic. So the converter must do some re-interlacing or something like that. Yes. Because I think what happens with the component signal sometimes is that they need to be interlaced to go to... 
I think component may only support 1080i, but I'm, I could be wrong. And, you're exactly correct. You're exactly okay. correct. And 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 my TV only supports 1080i, right? Yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. supports uh, uh, 7720p or 1080i. Uh-huh. And, uh, and and so I need, uh, you know, I need to kind of dumb that down, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, of of which with my little converter, it uh, it it dumbs it down just beautifully. So yeah. so it works great. So now I'm able to uh, uh, I'm able to stream uh, with um, uh, with my uh, uh, using my Chromecast using my PS3 all on my mm. old television set and, uh, mm. and 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 it just works great. So oh. now so now oh, timeout. Oh, have I not been recording? Oh no, I am Sorry about that. That's okay. Okay. So we, we can edit. No, I we're good. Uh so so you know, now it really w- works terrific, but the thing about it now is that obviously I need better uh, 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 internet access for all this uh, for all this streaming that I'm doing. Now, the great thing about some of these things, like your Netflix, like your Hulu's, like your YouTube's, they they, they have the technology where you don't really have to have like the fastest broadband ever in order to get their content. It just kind of depends on whether or not, like you said before, whether it pixelates, whether it buffers, whatever it is, stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so my uh, my internet package, I think is a, I think it's really not that big. I think it's like a eight or twelve uh, uh, meg package of down. So it's not it's not mm-hmm. really big, but eight megabits or. 10 megabits per second something like that right yeah exactly so uh-huh. so which is not a whole lot right because what do you do you probably do like ten thousand megabits per second or something like that i have 250 see you you could never yeah. live i live like a caveman compared to you <laughs> i live like a caveman so anyway yeah. so so i'm getting eight to ten and it, it, it yeah. seems to be working pretty good. Sometimes you get a little buffer or whatever it is but i can live with uh-huh. that because i'm so cheap so uh <laughs> uh, uh but which leads me to the ever popular question about uh, about uh, the uh, AT&T U-verse router that I have, and whether or not uh, to switch that out for my old router that I used to have, which was a very nice Linksys router. Mm-hmm. I've the Linksys that does also does Wi-Fi and and Ethernet. You are correct. You are. It's uh-huh. an N router, uh-huh. and and I'm trying. And I've done some research about running it in parallel with the AT and T and this yeah. Linksys. And I guess yeah. I, I guess like a real simple way to think about it is that the AT and T one, you know, would just you know have the the internet that comes through the wall decipher it, and then I uh, and then I take that signal, put it to my Linksys. And then use my Linksys to do all the Wi-Fi stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then if I guess you've had any Ethernet connections, but you probably don't. It's probably just mostly Wi-Fi right now. I, I, I mean, I, I do have a lot of uh, Ethernet stuff, but I, you know, I have a port for that, so I, so I have no problem with uh, running that as well. But uh, uh, but I'm just 
totally thinking about running these things in parallel and hoping that that goes. Yeah. So, yeah, I have, you know, lots of the similar situation as you. Um, I actually didn't. I actually didn't cut the cord. I actually added to the cord and made made the cable the cord thicker <laughs> and more expensive. <laughs> right. So maybe kind of like the opposite of you, but um, right. <laughs> so now I have like three thousand channels that I don't watch ever, <laughs> and pay a lot more for those channels that I never watch. <laughs> but. Uh, Whatever, <laughs> um, but so they have so Xfin so I have Xfinity, which is Comcast. Yeah, and um, well, and see for that you get a nice package deal. Admittedly, I think you get I've, a nice package deal. I think I I think I have I have you know boundless entertainment if I want it. Yes, if I have time. Um, their the router, their modem. I guess it's called a modem. It, it it's pretty advanced. It's pretty big, and it, I think it's actually pretty good technology. Um, it goes pretty fast. So um, it has built-in Wi-Fi. Um, it's actually in my server closet because that's kind of where all my Ethernet connections terminate to. So yep. it makes sense for it to be there. Yep. I I also have um, a 24-port. I think it's a Linksys Cisco or some some fancy hub switch mm-hmm. that that connects all my Ethernet stuff together because I have tons of Ethernet all over the house. Yep. So. Um, and but I I kind of do this. I'm doing what you are thinking of doing, which is I, I actually have an airport ex- extreme. I guess it's the tall one, the newest. And that's airport. the Apple product, is it not? Yep, it's it's the Apple product, and you pay kind of a lot for them. They're like two hundred or more dollars. They're supposed to be really great, though. Yeah, I think they are. I mean, usually you can find technology that's actually better than Apple if you want to be kind of, uh, you know, like more of a do-it-yourself person. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, they actually came out with something which is probably the top of the line of its class of what it does, which is Wi-Fi really well. Mm-hmm. So it has a few um, Ethernet ports in it uh, for that type of routing, and then it has a really good uh, Wi-Fi access point, which somehow the technology can kind of aim the signal so that it gives really good service to far away things mm-hmm. um, by just some like focusing the beam. Um, the only thing is just don't get your pets or anything in the way of that beam because it will just instantly incinerate. <laughs> so other than that, <laughs> it it's actually works really well. Uh, very strong si- very strong signal. Okay. But, um, yeah. Now, so now I, you I know, you have, a, you have a pretty big house. So, yeah. so uh, uh, do you have access points all around the house or just in that server closet and just hope for the best that it goes all throughout the house? Um, I have... Oh, actually, no. I have the... Um, just the Xfinity um, kind of modem thing, mm. which has its own wi- Wi-Fi thing, which I haven't turned off. Oh, you actually so left that on. Oh, they, I left they, it they on. recommend I left that you turn that off when you do this type of thing. Yeah, I just left it on. Um, it's on its own channel, and there's ways to kind of make it so it doesn't interfere with other stuff in your house. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's different channels of, of Wi-Fi that you can choose. Mm. You want to get them to as far away as possible. You know, So what you do is... Um, you c- what I did was I set my uh, Apple Extreme thing in uh, in bridging mode, mm-hmm. so it's still using all the uh, IP address assigning and all that stuff of the Comcast mm-hmm. unit, mm-hmm. Um, and it's just basically taking all that and just repeating it through Wi-Fi. So I f- I heard that that's the best way to do it, 
it, you get a lot less problems. Because if you do kind of two levels of translations of IP address, mm -hmm. like from one NAT to another NAT, mm -hmm. it can actually cause slowness and issues. So bridging mode basically just leaves that kind of middleman out of it and just doesn't use the the Apple. In your case, it would be your what is it? Linksys. Linksys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it would. You just you just wouldn't your, use your Linksys as as a router. I mean, as a IP address assigner mm. and DH DHCP server. You just still use your, still use your your AT and T box as that. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if that will work perf as perfectly for you as it does for me. But I found that it's. I think that's the best thing for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, it's more direct. So there's less translation going on each time the signal goes through. Yeah. So. Huh. I, I I mean, I definitely want to try it. You know, because yeah. as I mentioned to you in our pre-show meetings. That I believe AT and T um, kind of caps their uh, uh, their their rate at you know I, I, I'm gonna say uh, well I don't I'm not even gonna say they, they just cap it whereas where my Linksys one is supposed to get a lot better performance yeah. Yeah, it's probably just some built-in thing with AT&T where they found that they could save a dollar per month per customer if they just capped it and nobody would care. Right. You know, it's some kind of stupid limitation that yeah. all companies do. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess just test it out and see if you notice a difference. Yeah. I, I, I think that's... I, I, don't, it's not, I don't think it's that hard to configure it. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing that's kind of scary too, right? Because when you go on to like YouTube and stuff and look at, you know, how other people do it, it looks pretty good because, you know, most of the videos that I've seen, like they do it in a seven minute video. But then uh -huh. you look at the comments, they say, this guy's an idiot. This guy, you know, <laughs> he ruined my my access, blah, 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 this and that. So it's like, yeah. wow, you know, am I, you know, am I, am I really going to start pressing the buttons on this one and, and hope for the best? I'm not sure now. Are you are you using the Linksys for anything now? No, it's sitting. It's it, yeah. it, it's sitting in a in a in a in a uh, you know storage box right now. Yeah, so I guess I would just say I don't think you're risking anything by just connecting it up and then just plugging it into your AT&T device mm. and then check it out and see how well it performs. Yeah, try 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 it in bridging mode first, which means it's not serving, it's not giving you DC, DHCP addresses. Okay, uh, and then it'll just kind of repeat what the AT&T box is doing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it'll just and then the, it's less complicated because then you don't have a, two sets of different addresses depending on where you're you're emanating from so yeah i think i think i would just try that see if you get good performance or better performance and then and then leave that and then you have more wi-fi radiation in your house <laughs> which is what know, i'm looking for all, yes we all need we all need i'm that. looking for that no that's 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 great well that well thank you keith that's that's great yeah. advice i will uh <laughs> i i will try that in bridging mode and i will let everyone know if I'm mm -hmm. able to communicate with the outside world ever again uh, after doing yeah. this, so yeah, if we if we never have another podcast, that's why then we'll know that I bridging mode doesn't right, work. That bridging mode does not work <laughs> exactly. Okay, well that's that's excellent. That's fantastic. Well, Keith, thank you very much for that. Yep. Uh, I will yep. let you know uh, more about my uh, adventures of mm -hmm. uh, of cutting the the cord, and uh -huh. uh, we will see. Uh, 
what other trouble I, I, I can get into uh, with that. I can't, I can't wait to hear your adventures of cord cutting. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Neither can me and the rest of my family. So, <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back with more uh, Tech Move right after this. All right, we're back here on Tech Move. Uh, Keith Moreau has done something which I'm quite proud of, and this is a notch on my belt, <laughs> and that is he actually took my advice and purchased something that I had already had for quite a number of months, if not years already. Uh, Keith, I'd like you to uh, cow down and, uh, <laughs> and in shame and let the uh, tech move world know what you purchased that I already had. I purchased the Hutu Elite. Yes. I think the Hutu, it's like a little, well, you, you talked about it in an earlier episode. Yes. And apparently it's a really great device. And I knew I was going to go on this long trip, road trip to hotels and things. And I knew that it had been helpful to you. And so I got it. I didn't remember why it was helpful to you, but I got it anyway. <laughs> uh, but my influence is so great that you that you just went and big one. Now, did you did you buy the? Um, uh, let's see, uh, is it the who to which one is it? Uh, you either bought they have they have so many. I I, I bought the elite. Yeah, it's the elite. I think it's the one you got. It's the one like that's 40, kind of the top bucks, of the end. Forty-five bucks, depending yep. upon what day of the week you purchased it on. Yeah, let me just do a quick search on Amazon because I did get it there. It's it's um, it's it's the square brick. Yep, it's like a brown brownish. Mine's black. Not, not overly attractive. Mine's black. Maybe maybe it's black. It looks kind of brown to me. Uh, well, that's quite but, good <laughs> color blindness on your part. That's, <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of. Uh, I think they ran out of uh, the pure black plastic. Well, that you know that, that that usually happens when that one's been <laughs> baking out in the sun for, <laughs> for extended period of time. So I got yeah, it's the Hutu TripMate Elite Travel Wireless Router, yep. six hundred milliamps. Six thousand, six thousand milliamps. Six thousand, yeah. yeah. Six thousand milliamps. Yep. I love That's it, and I'm proud of you for uh, uh, for purchasing that. Uh, Thank you. And uh, but in, again, in our production meetings, I love how uh, your your thoughts on purchasing it, which I believe was you're, you're not really sure why you did. No, I I actually don't know why. I just know you liked it. You were going on a trip, and it really helped you, and you loved it. And then some of our listeners also loved it. Oh, good. And so, uh, without thinking, I just. Uh, Which is know, really what how most of it. your purchases go, isn't that correct? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty much how it goes, how they go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay. So, so when you, when you took it on your trip, did, did you did you even turn it on? Did you not use I it did. at all? I did. I opened up the box. I undid the plastic on it. Yeah. I I don't think there were instructions on it. There were. Or if they were, they were incomprehensible. Oh, okay. They're actually and, quite good then, instructions, actually. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. Well. Maybe I got the. Uh, I think I got the Chinese import. You, you, you probably got the gray market one that was written, <laughs> that was written in Arabic. Um, it was. I think it was meant for people that were already kind of geeky and had three of them already. Mm. The, the instructions I got. No, 
I, it may have been really good. I I, I kind of read it. I actually figured out that um, for what I was going to use it for, which was just myself and my family in a in a hotel room. Yep. Uh, I didn't see the need for it, but it did come in handy as a as a charger yes. for my stepson's uh, iPhone. Yes. So so, so as, <laughs> as, as as a power backup, it's yes. it's quite useful. Yeah, um, yeah, because I didn't have enough of those little, you know, five volt USB right. sticks around. Right. So I used the uh, fifty dollar uh, USB right. charging. Uh, so uh, with regards to uh, why I love it so much, is pretty much exactly for what uh, you used it for, which is, uh-huh. you know, if you're using like hotel Wi-Fi, right? That thing actually is perfect. As you know, just like your own home router, it, it, it provides that level of security because right. it, it, it's its own router. So, you, you know, so anyone who's snooping on this public Wi-Fi stuff really can't get to you. Uh, I see. So it's kind of it's a good security measure to go through this first and then to the hotel. Wi-Fi. That's exactly correct. That, okay. that, 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 okay. That's what that's what I use it mainly for, mm. uh, because, okay. you know, obviously, when I'm trading uh, around uh, uh, company secrets on TechMove uh, yeah. to competitors, uh, I don't want you to be able to trace my, my footprints on that. So I use them right. to, to, uh, to mask myself. Right. Unless I have some really, um, really uh, fancy nerd criminal that can hack into anything, yes. like in all the movies. And then, absolutely. Then it really absolutely. But. Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, it's like anything, right? Anyone can get into this thing. But but uh, <laughs> but it's but it's a little bit harder rather than just being, you know, on the same network as, you know, all 10,000 other guests that are on the uh, on, on the network too plus no, although I do I do remember in the latest um, Jason Bourne movie <laughs> they, they there was a whole scene where they had this whole like Unix terminal thing and then they went darn it they use the Hutu router there's no way we can get into this <laughs> that's right wait did they use did they use the Hutu triple A delete yeah they did damn those bastards <laughs> bastards <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was the whole scene. It was like five, minute, five minutes thank long. You. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, but 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 it's a great security measure. Also, and I don't know if you tried it or not, but if you yes. it, but if you used a USB stick and put like movies, movies on there, uh-huh. uh huh. All like the, all like the for, Jason Bourne, like movie. the Jason Bourne movie. Of course, <laughs> of course, uh, a store bought digital download that that, that yes, that which you, I paid for, which you paid for and legal. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, all four of you could could watch that or four different movies all at the same time using that hub. Which, I which, see. So it's kind of like a little server. Yeah, like a little. It's really, yeah, it's, it's, like it, a little server. it's really really great. And for okay. me personally, what 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 it was really helpful for was for things like the uh, like the Chromecast or the Fire Stick, where you need yeah. to uh, uh, where you need where you just plug it into an HDMI port. Mm-hmm. And you need to log into it using, uh, uh, like, using an iPad or an iPhone or some other mobile device. You use the Hutu to kind of get through that, so you can enter yeah. in credentials. That's another great. Thing. I, I remember you talking about that, and I, I kind of tried to do it, but then I just gave up because I went, you know what? I can just log into this Fire Stick directly, and and I don't, I, I just don't want to have to do this too. I know that it can really help 
and there was a way, reason that you did it. But at the time, I just didn't feel like spending half an hour figuring out how to log in to my Fire Stick. Because what I'd done is actually I'd brought, I just bought a Fire Stick. This is the Amazon like little internet Chromecast kind of device, the Fire Stick TV, and I had also gotten the smallish Roku. Ah, yeah, little Roku right. unit they have. I had gotten two of those because I was traveling to my mother-in-law's in Mexico, and I was going to give her a couple of those just as presents. W- w- which this yeah. Hutu is fantastic for, right? Because you can oftentimes yeah. log into something, especially using uh, like hotel Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. You know, because you you kind of need a keyboard to to access it, but using right. the Hutu paired with the, your mobile device, then you can do that. Yeah, and then probably if you only have one like legal login or one right. device allowed for your hotel, then you can kind of share it among more than one. That's exactly correct. Thing. You you you, you yeah. can. I think I think uh, the Hutu allows up to five different devices uh-huh. uh, off off the one login. Uh-huh. So that works really well. That's pretty good. Well, I think I'm sh- I'm going to have some use for it. I think that the movie sharing thing is pretty cool, and and if I had a drive with movies on it, I would have plugged it in and tried it. But I have it. It's it's actually here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so underneath my all my junk that I'll I'll probably never find. I'm it sure you'll years, never find it. I'm sure uh, you'll never yeah. find it. But it's here. I know what it looks like. It's kind of a brownish. Yeah. Well, you say black, but I think it's kind of brown, dark brown, and. <laughs> Although, do you think it could? You know, because it's a fairly powerful charger would you not agree it's a fairly powerful charger yeah it's got a lot of uh, capabilities in that regard could you it, use it remotely uh, on shoots to charge um yeah i guess i could use it to power a monitor or something yeah for a little while yeah um i could use it to watch movies while i'm supposed to be working <laughs> right which is you know. what i do exactly <laughs> i could use it to talk about it yeah like like as just as a conversation piece what's that oh it's my hutu <laughs> i really don't know what it's i can use it for but it, it's supposed to be cool you, you, you know what's you know what's great is that i really i really use the thing a lot because <laughs> I, I i really do use the thing a lot like when i go and like get a haircut or something like uh-huh. that and and, uh-huh. and and you know the the and I'm waiting for my wife to 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 get done with or, or you know hair hairstyle or what they always have yeah. Wi-Fi at these places, yeah and uh you know I, I you know just you know being involved in security and stuff like that I just love the fact that I can you know have this bridge between the two and yeah. and and just you know do my online banking you know while you know getting you know shave and a haircut or something like that yeah. you know and and doing it securely and doing it securely so yeah. i mean uh, you know forget the fact that i'm completely reclined in a chair and pressing a four digit pin on my big ipad that heck, yeah. nobody could see but at least my wireless <laughs> connection is secured <laughs> and do you know what type of security protocols are used with uh with the hutu uh, wifi I-, I thought it was aes I thought, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. but I don't know if it's. Uh, oh well, that was cracked long ago by the Koreans. Oh, yeah, so. he, he, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, 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 although I want to say, I, I want to say it's the 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 pretty good. Um, I think it's two. It's it's probably pretty. good. I think it's two fifty six AES. I think. Yeah, and it's probably well, and it, and of course it's got the Hutu Elite upgrade uh, upgraded. Of course, but of course, which nobody 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 knows, knows what that, that is. That's government. That's government <laughs> level. 
don't yeah, that's, don't even yeah I'm, there's not even a back door no no don't even ask apple to no such out. thing no such thing <laughs> no such thing but i love it i think i i, I it, it was like one of the best 40 bucks i ever spent because i use it all the time going on a yeah. trip again and of course this will see another foreign country so uh i will be taking it with me awesome yeah i'm actually going on a, going to a foreign country as well so I'll, we'll meet I'll you there i'm gonna bring it we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll meet you there wherever okay. foreign country you're yeah. going to Our, i'll meet you there okay maybe our hutus can somehow meet up and talk to one meet, another meet, which meet would be awesome other, yeah. yeah we'll share the same the same hard drive (laughs) 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 all right well hey there's our little uh uh working uh review of the Mm -hmm. hutu elite a little travel router there we encourage you to uh go to techmovepodcast.com slash amazon and do your search for the hutu trip meet elite purchase it through our little link and uh that should garner us at least 25 cents. So, Keith, yes. thank you very much for for, for taking my advice. And You're I will welcome. never let you live that day. <laughs> All right. We'll be back with more of Tech Move in just a minute. You know, Keith, this is, uh, I want to bring this up because in the interest of, uh, of being as transparent as I can, uh, as I was mentioning to you, I had been uh, enjoying my Hulu TV uh, subscription at uh, $39.99, uh, which uh, I take advantage of. So $40 a month and I'm watching... Uh, essentially old reruns of Dragnet and Adam 12, <laughs> which I actually, which in reality, I really do love it. Was there a remake of Dragnet? There was, there was a, yeah. uh, there was a television. No, I'm sorry, not a television. There was a movie uh, done. And okay. I want to say that was starred Tom Hanks in it. Um, okay. Uh, kind of around his bosom buddies uh, era. Uh, okay. Uh, so kind of far back. Kind of far back. I I, I yeah. believe I'm speaking the truth. I'm sure our glorious listeners <laughs> will be happy to correct me if I'm uh, incorrect. But I will of course ignore their emails. But uh, anyway, so having said that, you were mentioning something about something that you just enjoyed at the cinemas. And, uh, you know, this is, of course, uh, uh, somewhat off topic of what we usually like to do, but uh, I, I think important nonetheless to the tech move world. Yes, I think so. Well, I think probably the three tech move listeners that we have <laughs> will have also seen the new Blade Runner movie. Isn't it Blade Runner? Like, was it what, what's the technical title of it like blade runner 2046 or something like that which is like it's two two (laughs) years away from now anyway so um the original was the original blade runner was in 2019 which is two years from now right and and the new blender blade runner is called uh blade runner 2049 2049 okay yeah so that's 30 that's that's uh 30 years from the first blade runner yeah Okay. So it's 30 years. It's basically 30 years in the future from now. Right. Uh, and the original Blade Runner was two years from now. <laughs> Tremendous. Yes. Yeah. And so now that we're here, I don't know, LA doesn't look quite as bad as the original Blade Runner. <laughs> although th- there are some parts that look look as as sleazy, <laughs> right. but maybe not as, maybe not as te- technical. <laughs> right. 
I haven't I haven't been able to find any eyeball designers on you know Chinese eyeball designers on the corner of some street uh, in LA. That may happen. At least may not, change in two uh, years. Well, maybe where <laughs> I live, maybe that's where maybe that's where it is. Okay. Yeah. But, but um, yeah. But uh, anyway, so the new Blade Runner, it looks a lot like the old Blade Runner, just updated with better effects and better. I mean, it's much more expansive. Okay. You know, I mean, the original Blade Runner is amazing in its expansiveness, but they did all that on a pretty low budget and and um, were were really skilled at getting the most out of their the most bang for their buck. Right. You know. Right. Because it was like back, you know, back when a ten dollar ten million dollar movie was big was was, was huge, yeah that, right? that that was huge amounts of uh, money to invest. Like I think the original Star Wars was done for like ten million dollars, something really ridiculously small. Right. But uh, and this movie, I don't know what the budget was. But it was probably like hundred hundred million, maybe mm-hmm. hundred fifty. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and it shows. It's a very beautiful movie. But so it is a it, so it is a good looking movie. It's it's probably cinematographically one of the best movies I've seen ever. Really? You know? Yeah. From from a lot of different points of view. Uh-huh. Um. To 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 put people in the dark for two and a half, two hours and forty five minutes, right. which I think is the length of the movie, which is quite long. Wow, that's pretty long. Two forty five. Wow, that's pretty. I long. think it's two forty five. Wow, yeah, I think so. Um, I think I think I could get. Yeah, it's two forty four. Okay, two four. I was a minute off. Wow. But um, yeah, and I think it's a movie that will probably be a classic in the future, just like the original Blade Runner is now. Uh-huh. But at the time, the original Blade Runner wasn't a super successful movie. And I don't think this one is either. I think it was surprisingly unsuccessful so far, even though it got a lot of press. Right. And, uh, like, right. A lot of, uh, a, a lot of anticipation, at least in, in promos and previews and stuff like that. But they actually made like three mini movies in as little trailers to the beginning of to, to, to precede this blade runner. Okay. If you actually look on YouTube, you can find three of the like little trailers that are totally separate storylines oh, wow. than the than the new one. I mean, they're kind of they may have characters that are in the new one, but they're like they're set earlier in time. They're set maybe ten years, a, few, a couple of years before. Mm. I think one's set ten years before. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Clone Wars and stuff like that in, in Star Wars, you know, where they've written some movies that are sure. kind of on a slightly kind of back up the the real movies, but aren't. Anyway, and, and and to satisfy yeah. people who really love the franchise and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So I watched those, and those were excellent. They're only five minutes. I think that I think the newest Blade Runner should have just been like five minutes, and then it would have been totally successful. <laughs> <laughs> right. But at at two forty four, it's it's like that's pretty rough. Two, that, that it's like two hours and thirty minutes too long. No, I'm I'm really just kidding. But. Um, it's it's a beautiful movie. I actually I saw it in IMAX because I heard that it you had to watch it on the best screen you could possibly watch it in. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So I went to the Metro in San Francisco, which has one of the probably the biggest IMAX screen in, in anywhere. Okay. Maybe. It's huge. Have you been to that one? I I have not. I've been to the Metro, but I've not gone to an IMAX there. Oh okay. I, so check out the IMAX sometime. It's pretty amazing. Okay. That's definitely don't sit too close. Sit really far up towards the back. Right. Right, right. Because if you sit close, you'll wind up like craning your neck and it'll be like being in a in one of those planetariums. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I, how how much is a ticket now for uh for that? I don't know, maybe $20. It wasn't overly expensive. I think cuz I saw a really late show. And that's another thing. Don't 
have a really hard day uh-huh. without much sleep right. before the day before, and then don't have a really big dinner with some <laughs> alcohol, and then don't start seeing Blade Runner 2049 at 1045 p.m. Or, or don't have, if you don't want to miss a thing, don't have the 64-ounce soda <laughs> at the start of the show, because then you'll be going out. You'll be going right. out, and you'll have you'll to miss go through a lot. The, you'll miss a lot. You have to pass all the nerds that are just right. fixated on this. And, exactly. And they won't even want you to go by. Right. They won't even know you're around. Right. Exactly. But, but okay. So just box office, because since we're all about money, right? Right. Um, Especially me. Yes. The newest, one of the newest things is box office. Blade Runner 2049 is a bomb because of its budget. That's something from Scott Mendelson. Okay. Some guy in Forbes, right? Okay. Forbes, they, they, they care about money. That's it. Sure. So it had, okay, so its first weekend was not bad. $60 million 10 day total. Six zero million. Six zero uh-huh. in 10 days. Mm-hmm. That's not terrible. Not terrible. But then, but then, then in the next week, it, it only earned $15 million. Oh, okay. So that's considered a bomb because it actually had a $155 million plus budget. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a lot yeah 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 uh it'll probably outgross quite a few other sci-fi movies but it it probably won't be the big blockbuster like the the transformers movies are right (laughs) right fast and furious (laughs) movies yeah and and i think it's because it's very selective in in the in how it treats the audience Mm -hmm. which is how a great movie should be Mm -hmm. like a great i don't think a great movie should just be appeal to everybody right um and most of the really great movies that we know and love like citizen kane and you know, the first Blade Runner and, you know, a bunch of others. They're, they're not, they're not like, not everybody wants to see those, (laughs) you know, believe it or not. (laughs) Anyway. So, but see it for the effects, see it for the ideas, um, see it for, you know, another Harrison Ford movie that, you know, seems like he's just never, he's never going to go away. And and he'll reprise every role that he's ever had now that he's, uh, much older, a much older man. He'll be doing like Witness Three. <laughs> you know, I I I can't wait for uh, the Fugitive uh, Two. Yeah, the Fugitive Two. Yeah, when he, when he tries to jump over a fence, that's going to be fabulous. So, uh-huh. Working Girl Two. Um, <laughs> let's see. Like, let's see how how much how many movies we can name that. Yeah, that he's been in before. That's right. Um, <laughs> we got to see Ryan in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. We get to see Ryan Gosling again after reprising his role. Uh, that he did in um, in that uh, La La Land. Oh, okay. Yeah, but 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 being a Blade Runner instead. Ah, good, good. <laughs> did did uh, Mark Hamill make a special cameo appearance at all? Wrong, wrong franchise. No, I I I, 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 I would imagine he'd do anything for for a couple of bucks. That guy, he'd do anything. Was he an extra? Was he an extra? Did did he? Was- <laughs> <laughs> he was he was uh he was one of the androids. You, you know I, I I always thought that uh uh I think it was uh I think it was Total Recall. I always thought was like a poor man's Blade Runner. Total Recall. Yeah, oh yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I actually like that. I did too. But it was. I, I, You're right. I did it was. Too. I thought it was a poor man's uh uh Blade Runner. Yeah, uh, it was actually pretty good. So was, you know, as far as the uh uh tech move audience goes. Uh, it, it it did look spectacular. It, it was it very cinematic. Did it look uh, just so great? It was really amazingly 
cinematic. And, and, um, and t- tell us why, why, why you felt that it was so greatly cinematic. <clears throat> well, first of all, it was di- directed by um, this guy named Den- Denise Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I can't pronounce his name. I think it's Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Okay. Yeah. And he uh, is like a sci-fi. Well, he's not totally sci-fi, but he's the last movie he directed. The big last big movie is Arrival, okay. which I thought was awesome. All right, um, you should watch it. Okay, it's another kind of slow, slow-paced movie, but it's very, very deep. It's amaz- amazing. All right, and how they it goes back and forth in time, and and you really don't know what's going on. But it's also very, very beautiful. And um, I want to I want to see who the cinematographer was on on this movie. Um, I think it was a pretty good one. Um, was it Keith Moreau, Rod Louie? Was it, uh, you know, it, it, any one of those names that was uh, in charge of uh, director of photography? Uh, they called me. Right. About, you weren't available. About, I was not available for this particular one. It was actually going to take too much of my time. Right. You know, I had to, you know, do a few errands. Right. So I couldn't do this movie. I had to go to the grocery store. I was unavailable as well. I had to shoot yeah. uh, my niece's uh, six-year-old birthday party. So I was unavailable to to uh, yeah to, to do to be a uh, aboard uh, on that project. I was yeah, unavailable. Well, yeah. Well, you know they they got they found a good one. They found Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. So, ah, yes. good. Yeah, Roger Deakins, who's probably the premier cinematographer out there now. Well, good. We'll He's have to get him as a special guest on Tech Move. Uh, I honestly think we probably could. I I don't see why not. Yeah. Um. He's he's um, he's not he's not a super young guy. Okay. Um. I think neither he's like am 70, I. Neither are you. So that's okay. Or sixty eight or something. Right. Yeah, he's a little slightly older than us, but yeah. he's he's very youthful in his point of view, and he's not. And he's also a rare cinematographer that doesn't hate digital. He actually in, he actually embraces digital. Oh, is that right? No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, of course he still uses Airy Alexa that not everybody. Actually, I'm not sure if he used an Alexa this one. I think he did. Mm. You know, everybody loves Alexas. Right. But um, I have to find out what this was shot on. It, I could be wrong. Could have been shot on a red. But anyway, um, beautiful movie. Um, you know, probably will be a classic in the future. Roger Deakins, amazing cinematographer. He's been nom- nominated 17 times as a, or 13 times uh, for for oscars but he's actually never won oh interesting yeah oh wow but some of yeah some of his big movies are shawshank redemption love that that's Sky, that's my all-time favorite right there yeah no no country for old men mm-hmm. uh skyfall which was a beautifully shot movie if you saw yeah that, that was the, a great James movie Bond. too yeah yeah beautiful minds i mean so his 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 list is just a list of classics he's just a really amazing he, he makes things look like they've they're all they've all been shot in in natural sun Oh really? And natural light, yeah. I mean, even indoors and stuff. And he does use natural light really well. Uh-huh. But um, you know, you know, he also knows how to use lights. But just the way he sets stuff up, it's just it's just amazing. He's one of my idols. Wow. So he did a lot of stuff for the Coen Brothers, um, and Sam Mendes. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, so great, great, um, great crew. Uh, great film in its time. Could have been a little bit shorter. They had lots of scenes of, you know, really beautiful scenes of somebody walking slowly somewhere that were maybe 10 seconds that could have been five seconds you know <laughs> right so that's that's i mean just because you set up a beautiful set and a shot doesn't mean you have to draw it out right that's that's the thing sure so and that's i just in editing in general you just no matter how much you love a shot it should be as short as possible sure to have the effect but anyway 
terrific. So, yeah. So, but you should see it. Just, just make sure you're awake. Do it in the beginning of the day when you've been well rested. Um, you see it on a big screen if you can, or just watch it on your, you know, your projector at home, but st- sit really close. <laughs> well, yeah. that, uh, that's fan. Uh, well, th- so uh, there's our first foray into a little uh, review of a <laughs> actual uh, uh, movie that's out there right now. So that is. Uh, our thoughts on uh, Blade Runner 2049, uh, the great Keith Moreau giving us his little insight on it. And uh, th- that that is uh, that's uh, mesmerizing. Thank you. Oh, can I give a big spoiler to our audience to just ruin it, it so they'll never want to see if it? If you must. Well, you know, actually, it doesn't matter because usually by the time our episodes come out, <laughs> they're already available like, you know, a- as a free archive already. So go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't want to. Read Are you anything. sure? Yeah, there's a huge spoiler okay. that you could probably guess what it is, but uh, yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. Uh, Harrison Ford uh, is deemed incompetent and is thrown into some sort of asylum, and uh, and that's where the movie ends. It pretty much is. Yeah, he they totally break the fourth wall, and he starts talking to the camera. Right. And then the crew takes them away. Very good. Very good. <laughs> that is Blade Runner 2049. Thank you, Keith, for uh, spending uh, what was probably uh, anywhere from 25 to $50 <laughs> for tickets to add, oh, yeah. to, to add to their uh, overall weekend take. Um, and I only sl- I only actually napped once during the movie. I'm sure. So just, I'm I sure you're proud of me. No, for that. that's tremendous. <laughs> that is that is absolutely tremendous. Okay, that's Blade Runner 2049. Look at your uh, local listings for show times and locations. And uh, with that, we will come back with real uh, digital cinema discussions <laughs> uh, in just a few minutes, right here on Tech Move. Welcome back to Tech Move, and uh, Keith, I, uh, I I do want to welcome you back and myself mm-hmm. back from a very successful uh, time away uh, for vacation and a little bit of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I want to thank the uh, good listeners for having their patience with us and uh, uh, us not uh, publishing as many episodes as maybe we could have. Uh, but you know what? I had to uh, go on vacation and really enjoy myself. So uh, I, I want to share a couple observations of that. Um, so we, we went to Peru. And uh, and this time, rather than carrying the entire kit and caboodle that I usually do, uh, I usually carry around like, you know, my LED, you know, uh, spotlight. I usually carry around like a full size tripod. I usually carry around like you know three or four lenses. Uh, all this kind of stuff. You know my road video mic. All this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I usually carry that mm-hmm. around for uh, mm-hmm. uh uh for my Rick Steve ish type of uh, vacation videos. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. I decided that. Uh, my back did not want to uh, deal with that, especially when I was going to climb the upper echelons of Machu Picchu in Peru. Oh, you went to Machu Picchu? I did, Picchu. I did. Wow. And uh, I, I said to myself, you know, why am I going to carry all that stuff when I could 
probably just take the iPhone and just take some, you know, pretty nice shots, which of yeah. course I did, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I went real, okay. real small. All I did was take the GH1, took two lenses, and mm-hmm. just backup batteries. That's all I took. No, I, I, if I was going to record video, I was going to take onboard. I was going to take onboard sound and just live with it because usually the the type of uh, movies that I shoot, I'll just do like a post narration type of thing. So that you know, n- not a not a real huge issue there, right? Right, right. So, so I went, I went really light, and I really enjoyed it. I thought that that it was very effective. I didn't miss a thing, at least not that I felt. Took a combo of of stills and video, and it worked out good. But then mm-hmm. it kind of got me to think I could go even lighter, right? And I said, mm-hmm. "Boy, oh boy, this would have been great to have the Sony A sixty five hundred, a nice light oh. camera, all this kind of stuff." Even though you know, mm-hmm. if I get a big lens, maybe that might throw it over the edge. Who knows what will happen, <laughs> right? Okay, mm-hmm. so I was going to get the A sixty five hundred and stuff with that. Then I started to think to myself, "What the heck? You know, that one's going to be a four K camera." I'm not going to have a B camera except for maybe my GH1. So I kind of thought, hey, is it going to be lame if for certain settings I use like a 4K camera like a A6500 and like a B camera like my GH1 and mixing those two types of footage together, you know, one, one being 4k, the other one being less than 4k. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the big question that came around, obviously that's taboo. Obviously that's not the greatest thing. You know, you kind of want to have 4k footage all the way around. At least that's what I'm thinking, you know, from all my experience with tech move and everything like that, we want to, you know, it's hard enough to try and match camera looks. But is yeah. it is it even worse when we're when we're talking the different types of uh, of files, uh, Keith? Uh, as my teacher, as my tutor, I need your advice. Please go mm-hmm. ahead, and the floor mm-hmm. is yours. Mm, okay. Well, it's a lot. It's a lot to it's, it's a lot to absorb. Yeah. I understand, okay. and you're troubled by it. I can see I'm it. Pretty, I'm pretty troubled. You're troubled. Well, I think it. Okay. I think if in an, in a perfect world you probably want to have the identical camera for all your different cameras, right? Right. So for Rod Louis, that's impossible. You know that, yeah, though. You but, know that. But but in the scenario, are you going to be having two cameras shooting simultaneously, or just one scene's going to have one camera and one scene scene's going to have the other? How is this? Uh, uh, how is your? I, 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 work? I think that that could be. L- let's just say this. Let's just say this. Maybe I'll have. Maybe I'll be carrying around the A sixty five hundred. And maybe Christine would hold the GH1. Okay, so it's uh, two cameras at the same time. You two cameras at the same time, but taking different yeah. things. You know, at the who knows, yeah. who knows, yeah. right? Who knows? Yeah, could be, could be, or you could just, yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking in the same scene, uh, that might be a little problematic depending on the cameras. For for those two cameras, possibly yes. Um, simply because the quality of the GH1 and like the A6500's quality. Of, of image yes is just it doesn't matter if it's 1080 or 4k its quality is just way better than gh1 absolutely it'll be so superior yeah. that it'll just yeah. blow it out of the water correct it, it'll really it'll really stand out unless you do a lot of finagling in the edit to kind of dumb down or ugly 
make make the a6500 uglier oh so, yeah right yeah so but that's that's possible i mean that is very possible and in fact sometimes things you know 4k cameras or or super sharp uh cameras and with good images they kind of need to be uh sh- sh- um, messed up a bit to to match and edit so if you're willing to dumb down your 6500 to match your gh1 then anything's possible mm-hmm. like if you want the whole thing to look like crap then it's possible. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely doable. Yes. Uh, yes. Especially if you're cutting back and forth. If you're cutting back and forth, uh, unless you're trying to do some type of verite effect where, you know, one, one, one image is the guy's uh, GoPro and the other image is, you know, a shot of him with his GoPro on. <laughs> right. You know, back and forth, then it makes sense. But if you're just doing two different scenes uh, or two different angles of the same scene, with two vastly different cameras, then it could be a little weird. Uh, but you could dumb down the, the, the nicer camera to, to match the lesser camera. But, the, so you but, could do but that just sounds terrible, doesn't it? It does. It's not, that, it's that, kind that, of a compromise. That sounds lame. You know, you know, like, so then maybe the answer is maybe what you just said, uh, a 6,500 Sony, a 6,500 and maybe a GoPro hero five or something. Yeah. What, cutting between those would, would that make be? more sense. How would that be? That would, that might make more sense. And that's actually done quite a bit in even in like the cinema or even on TV shows. Mm-hmm. They they will mount GoPros to like motorcycles and cars yes. and and you could see you could tell cuz it's got all this rolling shutter jiggle, jello right. that I can see but nobody else can tell. Right. So yeah, it's definitely doable if you're doing it like that. That that's and it, I guess it just depends on the editing, you know, how good you are at editing and where your choices are. Um but you know what? I guess in this case, <laughs> I would never say this. It was like say the opposite, right. but story is king. And so if your story is supersedes the quality of your <laughs> shooting, right? as long as the sound is okay, as long as the sound isn't right. horrendous, it might actually work out no matter what you do. You know? Well, you, you know, I, 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 th- I think you're right. I, I, I think you're right. And, you know, when, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. obviously that, you know, me as the Francis Ford Coppola of storytellers. Um, you don't have a wor- worry about I that could, at all. I could take it on a Polaroid and, uh, you know, and, yeah. and it still would be fabulous, as you can you could, only imagine. You, you could use a mini VHSC. Right. And, right. you know, the big, of, the big of like, me, side, side pack. Of me huffing and puffing up Machu Picchu as I'm about to have a myocardial infarction. Yeah, you could do that and mix that with your GoPro right. from your point of view as you as, as a, you fall down. Right. As my wife is taking a video of me foaming at the mouth. <laughs> well, okay, so here's another here's another bright idea that I had, which which I think maybe now makes a little more sense. So I had also been thinking about some of these smaller point and shoots that are out there, mm-hmm. uh, like the Sony RX100. Uh, which is a pretty expensive camera for for what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, are you familiar with that one? The the RX. I am. They have. There's like an RX. There's like 300 models of yes. the RX 100. Absolutely. But, yes. But the latest one is supposed to be. Well, they're all pretty awesome. Uh, they they've. This is a really great idea. I think it's a one inch sensor, but with a large. Isn't it? Yeah. It's a one inch sensor, but but right. with which but just still pretty large. That's almost as large as a micro four thirds. Yeah. It's a little bit smaller. Um. 
I'm not going to give you super shallow depth, but good, maybe good for wide shots. Pretty good in low light. Yeah, the newest version is apparently amazing, and it's got really good video. I, I haven't seen it or tried it. 4K, but, right? It's yeah. 4K. So, you know, thinking of using that as kind of like, you know, maybe a, you know, uh, type of a B what? thing with a with yeah. a sixty five hundred, but you know, I mean that that, but this RX one hundred is like a thousand bucks. Yeah, but well worth it if you're if you're thinking about another camera, because then that could be your walk around pocket camera. The, I mean, and can you imagine that thing like on a um, on a gimbal? Oh yeah, I mean that would be tremendous, right? Be, I mean, you, you probably would wouldn't even need a gimbal. For, you'd probably just put it on a tripod, anchor it to your tummy, and it'd be good enough. I think so. I think you could use it kind of like a GoPro, you know, yeah. it's so small, yeah. but, um, but you know, it's, I think that those two would match way better than the GH1. That's my opinion. Yeah. You know, GH1 is pretty old and it, it has okay video, but it's not, it's nowhere near the A7 stuff. Right. Or the A7 it's just stuff. so different now with that. It, it, yeah. It's, it, it would, it would be tough to, to do something with that. It would be tough. I mean, you could do it. I kind of, I guess you could say that I kind of did that in a way when I shot that, um, Golden Gate Bridge mm-hmm. kids thing mm-hmm. because I had a FS100 which I guess you could uh, you could kind of liken it to the A7 image because it's a Sony sensor okay and then I was using a bunch of small Panasonic camcorders HD camcorders they were they were all 1080 but the FS100 image quality is way better than the than the than the Panasonic uh-huh. but I but I made the whole thing kind of gritty so I was able to kind of mix them together so if, I guess if there's a lot of action and 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 it's kind of a gritty look anyway. It might not matter, but you probably don't want gritty. I probably don't want um, gritty. I mean, like, yeah. you know, to me, gritty sounds like, you know, just <laughs> my GH1 with ISO at 800 sounds gritty, right? <laughs> yeah. That's 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 gritty right there. You know, yeah, so, some call gritty. it gritty, some call it noise. But, uh, you know, it, de- it depends on what you want to, uh, how you want to say it. So. Yeah, and part of the grittiness is just also that it's this kind of super compressed format, yeah. and you get kind of blockiness going on with movement. And when you're, when you're talking about large expanses of of really fine detail, like you might see in those monument areas, mm-hmm. you, you probably don't want you want to probably have as little grittiness as possible. You want to probably show a lot of detail and right. beauty. So, well, h- yeah. how about this? Okay, so I'm looking. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm looking at one of the fine retailers online right now, and there's another RX100 that is uh, about half the price, but it only does 1080p. Okay. All right. How would that match it with something like a A6500? I have to. I you know I'm not an expert in that particular camera, so I'd have to look at shots. But okay, so here's the thing: you're gonna you're gonna be going down to a 1080p timeline probably the most anyway you're not going to do a 4k edit Mm -hmm. right right so your 4k video is just going to be shrunk down okay and and i do occasionally mix 4k like you know sometimes i'll have a 1080p well i can't really think the last time i did that but let me see um mixing 4k and 1080 i think i've done it i think i've done it i've i've had yeah i in fact i did that pretty recently so i made this really fancy um uh video that had a bunch of 4k cameras for interviews and then but i was using some footage shot by some terrible cinematographer that did it from europe and i had to like try to make their footage look good Mm -hmm. and so they shot it on like a canon dslr so quite different kind of the canon dslr was kind of kind of soft and it was 1080p it wasn't 4k Mm -hmm. so so yeah and i was able to mix them together uh, in a way that 
Well, because one of the things was that it was a the the the, the 1080p footage was different. It was a different context. Right. Like it was it was the B roll. Sure. So so the A roll was the narration, which was beautiful looking and and dynamic, and then the B roll most some of it was this. 1080p camera. I had some B-roll also that was shot with my cameras, which looked beautiful. So it actually kind of looked, it kind of worked in in that sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, but your pixels have to be good enough. Your your so it's not so much the resolution; it's the quality of the pixels. Ah. So so the Canon pixels were actually pretty good. The pixels on the GH1 mm-hmm. in video mode, mm-hmm. well, by the time it gets to the video, are not that good. Right. So it's kind of it is kind of gr- gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find so. I I think the lack of grittiness with your A6500 and then the grittiness of the GH1 won't work, but the RX series might not be that gritty. It might be really smooth looking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in which case it it might mix pretty well. That might work. Or, that might work okay. Yeah, and you could always, if your if your A6500 footage is too sharp because it's being reduced from 4K to 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 2K mm-hmm. or 1080p, then you can always blur it a little bit to match, mm-hmm. or you can sharpen the A7, the uh, RX footage to match. Hmm. You can kind of maybe sharpen a little bit of the RX and then blur a little bit of the the A6500. Mm-hmm. And I do that a lot. I actually do blur footage a lot or sharpen footage a lot, it kind of to get, to get things to match. Or sometimes I'll be maybe a little bit out of focus sometimes, so I'll sharpen it. Right. Or, or and then another camera is, or maybe one camera is a little out of focus and I won't sharpen it, but it's fine. Uh-huh. And then I'll just just defocus a little bit on another camera that's that's totally in focus just to make a match because when you're looking especially when you're down sampling footage it gets really sharp sharper anyway right when you do that right so so yeah sometimes you do need to kind of blur stuff a little bit depending on the situation it sounds kind of weird that you're actually blurring footage but sometimes you have to make it look better i get it though i i i I get that there would kind of be a need for it and do, do you think blurring helps in the achieving a little bit more cinematic look? Yeah, I think it's a really kind of poor man's way of making things look more cinematic. Yeah, because it, it, it just makes sense. Yeah, and and you notice you'll notice that it's really hard to it's really costs a lot of money to make a super sharp sharp camera look cinematic. That's what that's what I found. Mm-hmm. Like it's easier to make. A lesser camera cinematic just because it's got it's it just doesn't have as good resolution mm-hmm. you know like an example was the ex1 a venerable camera which i've set, i've sold a little while back um but still its image was it was only a 1080p camera and it wasn't su- super super sharp mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it it had this certain quality to the pixels that made it very cinematic when if you shot right and you used the right lenses and stuff like that right. or the right lighting right it actually had a built-in lens right. but the lens was really good so <clears throat> you know there's just some cameras that maybe aren't the sharpest for example the the c200 that i got i was lo- looking at the footage i shot something recently i was looking at it. it's not super it's not like super super sharp i didn't i really hadn't messed with the settings i think i could probably increase the sharpening on the camera but it didn't matter mm-hmm. because I could sharpen the hell out of it in post and it didn't bring up any noise or make things look grittier. Hmm. And and that's kind of the mark of a of good pixels. Yeah. When you can sharpen them a lot and it still it doesn't make the image look worse. It actually just makes the things sharper. It doesn't make them ring, doesn't do this and that. So, yeah, if the RX camera has good pixels then you could definitely do that, sharpen them a little bit. And for I know this A6500 super sharp, so you could, you know, you could probably 
dull that a little bit mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's good. I, I, yeah. I, I you know, uh, still, of course, you know, thinking about, you know, what would be, what would be best, uh, and uh, seeing what would be a, a good uh, alternate. But hey, you know, the 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 saga of Rod Louis still continues. So, <laughs> I will. When are you going to this place? Uh, where? To Machu Picchu? Oh, I've already been. We're, we're, oh, okay. We're, we're, we're already done and back, so I have to wait oh. for the next vacation. Oh, sorry. You were talking, you were using as an example. Not, yes. I, I got confused because I thought you had gone, but then no, I thought you were going to plan to go using no, these cameras. No, no, I would have, li- <laughs> no, I, it, well, see, you got it both right, because that was okay. the original plan was to get the A6500 yeah. uh, for this trip. But then, yeah. you know, just things happened and, and I could, couldn't get it together. So I just decided to use the GH1. And, you know, okay. it, it, it did a fine job. But, you know, of course, I'm, I'm just having thoughts of how great it would have been with the E6500. So. Well, you have to show me that footage. I will. That you got. I, will sh- I will show you the footage. I will show you the footage. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see it. Well, uh, fantastic. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Keith. Uh, uh-huh. Let us take another break. And we'll come Uh back uh, with more uh, fun and hilarity, like we (laughs) like to call here on Tech Move. We'll be right back. Rod Louie and Keith Moreau right here on Tech Move, and we have I, uh, Keith. I'm going to call this kind of like a little bit of a review, yeah. Um, o- only because, and this is really surprising to me because this is a new uh, uh, direction that the great Keith Moreau is venturing into. He, he's never done anything like this before. And uh, this is something kind of, I'm going to say a little bit, maybe out of your comfort zone for a moment. Uh, Could could, could it be true? So as I, you know, uh, us in the the broadcasting world call it a tease, I'm just going to come right out and, and say it. Keith Moreau, now the proud owner of a brand new iMac Pro. Ooh, right yes. now we're not i didn't say mac pro i didn't say garbage can trash can whatever you want to call it i'm not saying that at all i'm t- i'm we're we are to- talking that beautiful new imac pro that uh just hit the stores a uh, f- few weeks ago uh and and so th- th- this is pretty new for for keith keith go go ahead and uh, it was hard to resist, right? I mean, the the the, the promotion for it uh, too hard to resist. It was something that I I kind of toyed with when it was first announced in mid 2017, and as it came closer and closer, and supposedly had a December delivery date when it was first going to be first sold, and then they actually had a price on it, and then there were some pre reviews about how it was going to perform. I said, you know, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on this. I think, you know, I could always return it. I guess if I hated it but from what i saw it, i wasn't going to be giving up really anything from the current mac pro the cheese grater mac pro that i have right so uh which includes a bunch of pci slots and you know other old technology but uh <laughs> right <laughs> right right but uh and i and i and i didn't 
I wasn't positive that transition was going to be seamless, but uh, now that I've been using it for a few weeks, I really just kind of got it to be kind of totally replacing my Mac Pro as far as actually using it day-to-day, -day, just, just within the last week. I'm now feeling very warm and fuzzy about mostly, mostly all of it. Really? Yeah. Um, I think, okay, so here's the thing. Back when we were talking about what's going to be the new Mac, the new Mac Pro, and it turned out to be the, the trash can, Yep. I, I kind of think that I think now that now that Thunderbolt is Thunderbolt 3 and now that Thunderbolt is bolt is so fast it's 40 gigabits per second so right. it's pretty darn fast yep um, a lot of data can stream through that a lot of video a lot of whatever um, you can plug this into uh, extension boxes that turn that have PCI slots in them in fact that's one of the things I had to get like I could not have I would not have been able to be that functional without one of those. And I actually got two of them. I got a um, OWC uh, Helios 3, which is just a single, basically one slot with um, two, two uh, Thunderbolt 3 ports and then one uh, display port on it. Um, and then you can put whatever card you want, as long as it's not a graphics card. There's some issue with the graphics cards. But if it's some other card, like the card that I... That I that I put in there was was an extra um, Addo SAS card, SCSI attached storage card, which has mm -hmm. these gigantic rectangular um, SAS ports on them, four of them. Um, that's what I currently have on my Mac Pro, and I just took it out of this other really old Mac Pro and put it into this this OWC box. Plugged it in, kind of crossed my fingers as I plugged in all my my SAS slash um, SATA eSATA drives. Right. Uh, they all worked perfectly. Oh, great! Yeah, so I've I'm got, looking at it right now. It's the Mercury Helios three, right? Yeah, it's it's is now the here's, PCI expansion for at the speed of Thunderbolt three. Looks yeah, nice. It's nice, and it's actually you know pretty reasonable for what it does. It's only two hundred bucks. So you know these Addo cards are like six hundred bucks. So and you you know anything that you put into this is going to be pretty expensive if you go into the trouble. What are you putting in it? What, what what's it, it, in it right now? Right now is this Addo um HBA, it's a host bus adapter card. It's basically got four uh generation uh one SAS connectors on it. They're like 3 quarter inch by quarter inch like ports. And SAS ports are super fast. They can go, you know, faster than Thunderbolt. Um, that's kind of like older fast technology, but that was available back when I got this like a year ago. And so, yeah, so it, and then those can be fan out to eSATA. So I can still use all my eSATA drives because I've got a bunch of those. I've got like six online eSATA drives. And then I have this huge uh, eSATA enclosure that holds 12 drives. That's super fast. Wow. So that's the one I would edit, you know, multiple streams of RAW or ProRes on when I'm doing editing. I don't have that on all the time because I know now it's editing online, the super f expanded stuff. But when I have it on, it really helps with keeping things fast. So yeah, so all that stuff works. I tested it all, and it works with my iMac Pro just through uh, Thunderbolt connection. So there's four of these Thunderbolt three connections on the on the iMac Pro. So I'm using one of those for for this box. I'm using another one for um, my display. I have this really wide LG display, mm -hmm. super wide. It's kind of like almost having like two monitors side by side. It's like, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, that's a 27-incher, right? No, it's actually 35-inch. Oh, it's 35. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But it's really wide. Huge. It's kind of like 
like when you look at the um the super wide aspect ratio movies it's that kind of it's you know how some movies even when you're watching in hd they have letterboxing on the top right. and bottom yes correct it's like it's as if you just had it without the letterboxing and just that's the format of the screen oh, okay so it's just super wide and it's a bit curved and with a widescreen like that, that actually kind of helps when they're they're close. I think it's a gimmick when you're watching a TV like that when you're far away, but when you're close, it actually makes a difference. So I have one of those, and then the iMac is the other screen, and I just took out my my old Dell 4K screen, mm-hmm. and, I, and now that's it's the iMac instead. So I've actually got my my iMac is my secondary monitor on the right, right, and then this LG is in the middle. That's my primary monitor, and the so I'm using um, there are these uh, Thunderbolt three to DisplayPort cables so there's display port on one side it's kind of kind of like almost the size of an hdmi connector but it's bigger and it's kind of squarish on one side so that's the connector that's going into the into the lg very high quality connector that's going into one of thunderbolt ports so i've actually got two free thunderbolt ports for other stuff nice yeah and the thing too is that all these things um other than the monitor all these boxes and all these other Thunderbolt devices I have, you can daisy chain them. So you can just kind of infinitely chain them from one to the other. Kind of like uh, FireWire used to be. Right. Um, like you can't do that with, with USB. It's just like an, an endpoint. But with Thunderbolt, you can. You can daisy chain them. So you could really just max out one of these super fast Thunderbolt 3 connections by just daisy chaining. If you didn't, if you started running out, just daisy chain it. So yeah, so I have that. So I have one cable going into the helios box i have a thunderbolt cable coming out of the helios box daisy chained into a thunderbolt 3 uh raid box that's kind of like my main drive it's it's similar to a box i had but internally to the to the mac pro so i had four drives in the internal bays in the mac pro so Mm -hmm. i kind of mirrored that to this external drive so that's my super fast kind of internal slash external drive of course it's external because the imac doesn't have anything inside it to put to put inside it space inside it to put anything but it's basically that and then i've got that plugged into a super fast um four disc ssd array uh, array um so that's like that goes at like super fast that's like 1500 megabytes per second wow that's really fast yeah so yeah so i'm really happy with the speed performance and i think reliability i actually had this six foot um, Thunderbolt cable, and it just things were starting to go wonky in a few days ago, mm-hmm. like last week. And it's like, what's going on? Why do these things keep going offline? And then I was getting these error messages, and I was like, what? You know, I, I'm is is my system starting to break? You know, right? Like, is this iMac thing not actually working? Right. And and it turned out the cable went bad, like on its own. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I unplugged the cable and just put shorter cables in to kind of test it, everything worked fine. So I just, today, actually got rid of that old cable that really stopped working. It just broke. And it was kind of slowly dying. <laughs> right. So I had to, like, recover all the corruption that it created while it was dying on my main, that main array drive that I was telling you about. Okay. And and I recovered that finally and and then put a new cable, a Belkin, cable that's about $30 more. These cables are not cheap. The six-foot cable is like 80 bucks. Right. Um, the short cables are cheap. The short cables are like 30 bucks. But anyway, so got that working, got it up and running, tested it. It's got every, Everything's working. The longer Belkin cable is working fine now, and I've got this whole system working, and all my eSATA drives online, and it's it's cool. That's excellent. 
That's a, so so everything essentially migrated to the iMac and uh, give give me a little idea on performance versus the uh the Mac, the Mac yeah. Pro. Yeah. Can't tell. You oh you can't tell. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. theoretically, it's supposed to be as fast as can be, right? But you really can't tell. At this point, I I haven't done anything that's like indicated to me that it's much faster although it seems like things are a little snappier right. but it's not like it's not like blindingly you know like it's not happening before i touch it type fast <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, like you you haven't <laughs> rendered anything yet that's right i haven't done any heavy duty rendering but theoretically it's about three times as fast as my mac pro which okay. is crazy all right because that thing was totally souped up and that was darn fast at the, you know in its day and even nowadays sure so, yeah. So, and mine's the 10 core. I got kind of the more expensive, like the most expensive one you could actually get. The, 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 there's a like 18 core or something crazy like that. Right. Well, and, but, and what, wasn't that like 7,000 bucks or something like that? Probably more. Yeah. I think the one that I got was actually 7,000. So oh, okay. mine was not, it was not cheap. Right. Um, I, I got the little bit larger hard drive and I got 64 gigabytes of RAM. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so kind of have to, kind of have to with the IMAX. That's one thing about the IMAX; they're not, they're not as you kind of have to get what you intend to live exactly, with. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, so far and the display is beautiful. It's it's just super crisp. You know, it kind of makes my LG display look kind of crappy. But oh, does it? But you're still going to use it as a as a uh, as a B monitor. I kind of have to just with my the way I'm set up here. Okay. It doesn't it doesn't make sense for me to put the iMac in the middle and the other one to the side? Mm-hmm. And and having a side by have a really wide display as your main display is really useful. Right. So um, yeah, because you could put really long timelines or anything that's very wide all, all together. Right. So um, yeah, no, it's I I kind of had to adjust things. It's not it's not terrible. It's just it's just noticeably a little bit better. Um, yeah, well, was, with the new, I, I think they're promoting them as 5K displays or something yeah, like that. It's supposed yeah. to be really spectacular. So, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I think if you include the dis- high quality display and and the iMac itself, I don't know if it's a terrible deal. Um, I, you know, you never know when the real Mac Pro comes out; it may blow this away. But I'm I'm feeling like, you know, probably lots of people are feeling like, well, I. Not sure if the Mac Pro is really necessary at this point. Like, yeah. what is it going to get me? Right. That that like, how much better is it going to be than this? At least yeah. for another couple of years. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So, because you can get these expansion boxes. The thing that makes it usable is the expansion boxes. If you didn't have that ability, then yeah, then it wouldn't make any sense. But now that you have this Thunderbolt three and expansion boxes, and it works well, it's reliable. As far as I can tell, then maybe. Mac Pro isn't really necessary. Right. Yeah. It's, it's certainly going to depend on what's under the hood on the Mac Pros and, you know, yeah. if, it, if it really means anything. So, yeah. So, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm really happy with it. Um, I will let you know, you know, if there's any major issues. Oh, one thing that's actually super annoying I have to bring up. <laughs> so there's this, you know how it seems like the Mac system is getting more and more, sec- more and more forced security. Yes. Like one of the things that was so great about Macs before is that ah, security, nobody cares. Macs right, are no, really nobody's secure. trying to get into a Mac and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I think there's just a lot of 
there's a lot of hackers out there now that are just, even though Mac probably still isn't as popular as PCs, it's popular enough and it's got enough prestige where there's people that want to break it. Oh, it certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think Apple in turn has become more and more closed. Like they're kind of closed before, but now they're even more closed. So one thing that's happening is it's getting really hard to put in third-party extensions. They're making it really hard yeah. as it, as each OS gets gets hard gets more advanced. Um, they have these much more security uh, built-in security measures to keep you from stupidly installing bad stuff. Right. So. But unfortunately, it keeps the more advanced users from installing really necessary stuff that interacts with the system. Right. So every time I install an inst extension, which I need, it's a huge pain. For example, I use SoftRaid, which is a way of um, rating together through software um, drives, ar arrays, mm -hmm. that normally are seen by the Mac as a bunch of separate drives. But the software can actually merge those four, four or five separate drives together uh, if they're an enclosure or even separate, some you know, actually separate physical drives, um, and turn them into a RAID. And it works really well because it, it doesn't use much processing power of the computer, but it just makes it really easy to monitor the drives if they go bad and also just see what the performance is and, and create huge arrays. So um, that didn't even work when I first installed oh, the wow. whole system. Yeah. yeah. It, kept, it kept trying to load a driver. And it said, okay, your driver's outdated. We need to load it. Um, so we're going to load it and then restart, okay? And so I restart it and then just do that again. So it was looping. It just, every time I restarted, it needed to load this driver. Right. Because right. it wasn't really loading it. It was actually thinking it was loading and it wasn't. Mm. So, so and I, I emailed the company. And this the guy that works for the company, I don't know if he's the, the creator or employee, but if he is the employee, he's probably the world's best employee and needs a raise because no matter when... <laughs> <laughs> no matter when I email him, like two a.m., whatever he's answering he, you, he responds within a minute. Wow, that's really good. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's so they great. get voted for best tech support ever. It's awesome. the same guy though. So, right. You know. So so, it, so it's an army of one. Could be. Not sure. But um, he said, yeah, it's it's a problem with the iMac. Um, you, here's a workaround in this forum post that I did. Mm. So I read the post, and basically, you just have to turn off all the. There's a there's a way to to turn off security on the Mac. Yeah, you have to turn it all off. <laughs> uh, 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 it, 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 isn't it isn't it just a matter of like unlocking that padlock in in it's, in the settings? No, it's actually more. It's more at a hardware level. It's oh, crazy. more at the hardware level. Okay. Yeah, it's not right. as easy as it used to be, where you okay. could just go into the system preferences and do it. Now right. you have to boot into your your restore your restore drive. That's a little a little Mac OS drive that's kind of part of your main drive, but it's separate. It's if you ever have an issue, you hit Command R while you're, you hold down Command R while you're booting. Oh, wow. And then it goes into this restore mode to your Mac where it's not really paying attention to your main drive. It's paying attention to this little, like, emergency drive. And uh, from there, you go to the utilities, and then there you tell it to just do whatever you, it wants. <laughs> just just let anything happen. Wow. And and you know, warning, warning. Right. You realize you realize this is this is the, crazy. The, 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 you didn't get this app from the App Store, so we're going <laughs> to stop you from doing anything you want. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so you know, it is less secure than it could be. Right. So I'm 
I'm not really sure why that is happening, but uh, and they don't even know either. They think it's going to have to be a come from Apple, a fix from Apple. Mm. So, so that's annoying. Stuff like that. Yeah. Well, uh, but you know what's what, what, what's nice is that now this is that new system uh, that you've essentially been waiting for in a Mac Pro. It just happens to be in a iMac Pro now. So, yes. Yes. Um, so least, that's that's cool. It's something. nice to have. Yeah, and it's been five years. And, and, and this is a significant upgrade for for anything as far as the desktop goes for uh, uh, for Apple. So it is. It is. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. So I'm, Great. I'm somewhat happy. Excellent. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well. Uh, when when we record again in another month, we'll we'll, we'll find out how you think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Excellent. That is the uh, new iMac Pro uh, that is being uh, tested and tried out by our very own Keith Moreau. Uh, we will come back with more on Tech Move. are back with uh, episode 41. It is Tech Move, Rod Louie and Keith Moreau. And uh, Keith, we've come to the end of episode 41. Now, mm-hmm. the, the great thing about it is that I don't know how long it's really taken for us to complete this particular episode. Is, has, it, has this one taken us a long time or was this a quick one? Mm, this one was spread over... Uh, let me see. Two, three years, like March of the Penguins. Uh, the type first of thing? Uh, looks like the first one. A couple of the segments were done in October of 2017. Oh, that's way too recent. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're getting out of our element here. We're going to have to put a stop to this. We 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 can't have too much material out there all at one time. That's ridiculous. Well, folks, we'll try and do much worse than what we usually do already. So uh, don't worry about that. I I shoot for the stars when it comes to stuff like that. So don't you worry. We're trying to we're trying to catch up and get this out because NAB 2018 is coming up next week. That's right. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you probably just heard our NAB 17 uh, episode (laughs) just like two episodes ago. Anyway, so pretty much, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) So here we go. So Keith. Uh, NAB 2018, uh, happening, uh, down in, uh, what, what, where's it, where's it happening this year again? It always happens in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, in Lost Wages is where it's going to be, uh, yes. happening at. Fantastic. And you know what? I got to be honest with you though, Keith, I have not heard a whole lot with regards to things that we should be anticipating. I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of stuff that's already out there now, right? I mean, there's there, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of uh, companies have released things already, and with NAB 2018, I I personally am not really awaiting any huge uh, news to come through. Uh, you're much closer to it than I. What do you think? I have not really heard of anything that 
is even rumored to be <laughs> released. Not 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 <laughs> that's, even that's like a exciting. good rumor. Not even a good rumor, huh? Not even a good rumor. I think I think we're getting a little saturated in yeah. a way with all the new cameras and things. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some things that definitely need refreshing, but but then the other and in other ways there's too many refreshes going on that have happened this year. So, yeah, I don't I guess we could we could, you know, make up some fantasy announcements that probably won't happen. Uh, would you like to do that? I sure. <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that would be really good. Let let me start off by the camera that I will not be getting for sure. And how how about a uh, how about a new Sony A sixty seven hundred? Might might that might we be awaiting that? It has been a while since the sixty five hundred's been out, and uh, you know in in Sony years. Uh, you know, once they, since they release a new A sixty six thousand line uh, of cameras, it's usually about once every three months. So uh, they're well overdue right now. What do they you are think? Well in. I think it's possible, although they don't seem to really. Thing about Sony's, they never seem to actually release things at the NAB show. But if they did, it would be the A sixty seven hundred, right? That's what you're. That's what thinking. I think. That's yeah. what, that, that's what I think is that it could be a sixty seven hundred. At least that's what you know we're kind of anticipating that could naturally be next. Yeah, and what would that have in it that the sixty five doesn't have? You, you know, I I think that uh uh from from what I understand, what a lot of people are really looking for is, and, and this is here's the most major thing is a fully articulating screen. That's what okay. every, that's what everybody is looking for. Uh yeah. you know, Sony's got it on a couple other cameras. Why not, you know, the 6700? Uh I think that that's probably the biggest feature that everyone's looking for. Sure there are other things they might want faster burst rate, they might want uh you know, maybe uh a higher ISO uh performance. Uh, I, I I thought I even heard something about like maybe dual SD slots. I, I, for that, for myself, I wouldn't care about whether or not it had dual SD slots on it. Uh, yeah. But I th I do think though that that articulating screen that is you know maybe that's the thing where the sixty five hundred I just couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. Because because I mean you know living with my GH one for so long and to not have that. That kind of hurts me. Yeah, I agree. I think that the Panasonics with their articulating screen really have an advantage over the uh, kind of weird um, semi-tilting screen of the of the Sonys. Now, which which Sony? You said that some have the articulate. I, I don't know of any that have them. I thought I thought that. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I I I just lied. I was thinking more about the Canons. Oh, okay. Because yeah. the can the Canons There's, do. Yeah, some of the lower end models do. Yeah. Right, which is weird, right? Yeah. The lower end models do, but not the higher end ones. Yeah, maybe it's like a reliability thing. Maybe they just want stuff to be super bulletproof, even if it has less features. Because I guess when you when you have an articulating screen, it's a little more complicated and things can break. Yeah. In fact, that I did actually. I had a, on my EX one. My I had an articulating screen, and uh, I snapped it off. Oh so. no! Really. Yeah, yeah, it just well, it was you, on a tripod. Did you hit it wrong or something like that? Or um, It was on a tripod, and it was just kind of in a precarious situation. It was kind of a nature uh, shoot, mm -hmm. and it, was, it wasn't it was super well-balanced. You know, um, I think it was a little bit uh, not level. Uh, 
mm-hmm. on tripod, and I was just kind of leveling it up with a head. And I think it just somebody just hit it just slightly, and it just fell right over and just fell right onto the LCD screen. It just snapped it off. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, and then uh, surprisingly, it actually still worked. Like the little wire, <laughs> the cable was right. still connected. Right. So I kind of just like taped it on for the rest of the shoot. Huh. But um, yeah, so that's an example. So that wouldn't happen with the Sony. It would just, you know, stay on there. Right. Uh, you know, probably the lens mount would be bent yeah. instead and really yeah. wouldn't work. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I think you're, I think you're right about, uh, uh, about that. I don't know. I just think that uh, um, uh, the, the articulating screen would probably be the most that would be the thing that would kind of get everyone over uh to 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 doing something with it uh that i think that would you know make everyone you know jump for joy and then what do you think bigger battery or same size battery uh you know i i i i i think always that's always some oh regarding the screen the thing that would be tough too is that if it's fully articulating they want to make sure that the touch screen actually works too right oh, yeah. because i think uh-huh. i think that's been kind of a complaint with the 6500 is that touch screen is great but sometimes there's a little bit of you know lag or maybe some guy's got fat fingers and it covers the whole screen or whatever it is and it doesn't work quite as nicely as as it could um, I'm looking on a, a site right now where they're talking about uh, how they'd like to have better stabilization with it, uh, improved silent electronic shutter. Now, I had heard that the electronic shutter was darn silent. I don't know how much quieter it could be. Yeah, I I, honestly, I, I, thought, I, I, I thought it didn't make any noise whatsoever, but, you know, what do I know? Yeah, uh, I haven't and, noticed it with the three times I used mine. Oh, you, you the, have the not three, noticed it. The three shots that I've done with mine, I've not noticed it. The three actual <laughs> photos. Oh, and then and again, there's some some goofball wrote. Oh, I'd like it to have faster startup time. Oh yeah. Is is it slow? I uh, did notice it in the three shots that I took. Right. Right. <laughs> Sure. But um no, sometimes these cameras can take a while to just turn on and be ready. Sure. So that's kind of annoying. So, but sure. they also have a really good uh, standby mode that's pretty quick. Right. So you can just kind of leave them on, so. Yeah. Um yeah, I So, so they're just they're just talking about it, it it seems to be pretty nitpicky as far as things that they would like to have, but you know, for me personally, articulating screen, they have that, then they've got my interest. Yeah. Okay. That's well, that's idea. cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, so hopefully we'll see that. If it comes out, I'll report on it and interview Sony about it for you. I'll just say, you know, my cousin and partner, yes. uh, Rod, Rod Louie here, uh, want, wanted to know about your, your new 6700. And they, so. should, they should know because I've been in, inundating them with my uh, uh, 8x10 glossy autograph photos that I've been sending them to yes. uh, send me a a. a, a, a a, a pre uh, uh, beta model, so yeah, uh, and they're so far ignoring my uh, my requests. So okay, um, well we'll we'll make sure. That then again, they, uh... then again, the restraining order is actually <laughs> being enacted, so that might be a little problem too. So anyway, yeah, it's a combination of the restraining yes. order and the photos just piling up. <laughs> 
correct. Yeah, that's always it. That's always an issue. Yes, it is. It, yeah, it, I, have, it, it, I have that issue as well. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, what, what, okay. what, what, what about the other Sony lines? Are you expecting uh, anything? You know, like the, the A sevens. Was there anything going on there? What do you think? I think it's about time for the A seven S three to come out. Okay. Right? I think it's actually maybe later than any of the other cameras right now because usually. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's the order. Usually, usually it's like the regular A7, and then the A7R, and then the A7S. Or sometimes the A7S comes out first. So right now we got the A7R3, which came out first. Right. And, uh, and then recently. the A7III came out. Right. The A7III came out, which turns out to be a pretty nice camera. Yeah, that's an excellent be, camera, from what yeah. I understand. Yeah, and some people even like it better than the A7R3, which is annoying to me because it's like a thousand dollars cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> so, so I guess it does being an early adopter doesn't always pay. Right. Um, but, uh, so what would be, what would be cool with the a seven S three? So for me, I think the one thing that I miss on that versus the R, uh, is the autofocus. So if it has the, uh, dual pixel or, or their version of the, the deep, uh, the, uh, DPAF type focusing, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. That's the same focusing that's in the A6500 and in the AR2. Right, right, right. Oh, and the E7Ss uh, do not have that as of right now. They've just got the contrast detection okay. focus, which is the same as what ha- the Panasonics have, and that's why they're they're bad. Okay, at autofocusing. Um, the can so the two that have it now, uh, uh, the two that have it now are the uh, A7. Some of the A7s, mm-hmm. um, and and the A6500 and A6300 as as well, mm-hmm. and then the Canons, like the Canon cinemas, some of the Canon cinemas, and then uh, some of the lower end Canon DSLRs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so those are always the best at autofocusing. So I'm hoping that the A7 so is going to get that low light, amazing quality with better autofocus right right that's the one thing that it's lacking okay all right so yeah but other than that the i so i have a little annoying thing though too with the because i own the a7r3 right right i got it and i used it a little bit and it's okay it's it's in my opinion not much of an upgrade from from the a7r2 okay um i think there's a couple features that i barely have used that maybe are better um one thing that i do miss about it is i remember i don't know if you remember but i but i did this hack where I could actually uh, get rid of the 30 minute limit. Yes, I do remember that. <clears throat> yeah. So um, apparently that hack is not available on the A7 three series. Oh yeah. Apparently they got wind of it and they, 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 they locked it down. They, they figured it out, huh? I guess, I don't know if, it, if they did it on purpose, but the same hack that worked for easily on the A7 two series is, it doesn't work at all. Oh, okay. Uh, um, yeah, and so that was kind of, that kind of bit me because I was doing a recording. It went over thirty minutes oh, on the wow. E7R3, and I was like, "Oh, why, why, how did why did it stop recording? What's going on?" Right. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Seven R3. Yeah. So I'll just have to remember to use that one just for not for long interviews or, but it's annoying. That thing is so annoying. That thirty minute limit. Oh, I'm. Yeah, I, 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 for for you, that's actually awful because yeah. uh, because a, a lot of your projects are really interview based. Yeah, 
Yeah. And you so, can't be worried about crap like that. So you just can't, you just can't worry about it. So, so unless you're doing like short clips or handheld and you know, you're going to, you know, a few second clips or right. very short clips is that it just, it just brings me back to 10 years ago and I had to deal with the 10 minute limit with the <laughs> cannons and I just don't want to deal with that. <laughs> so I'd almost not, I'd probably not buy an A7S3 for that reason. Just for that alone. Yeah, I'd probably just get a GH5S, which does, doesn't have that limit. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, a bit Panasonic's, have, uh, well, actually, they they used to have, di- didn't they used to have the 30-minute the limit? And then, and then they, and then, like, uh, the hacks got rid of it, and then they just got rid of it themselves and stuff like that. I, I think, think so. I thought that was the case. And, and it always had to do with the difference be, because they had to qualify them as not video cameras, but... Because they were, you know, uh, it, it, because they're still cameras or something yeah. like that. There, there's supposedly some type of customs yeah. that's more more because of that. But it doesn't seem to affect Panasonic. And, you know, right. so what? They, they don't mind spending a few more dollars for that that fee or right. the customers don't mind spending a few, few more dollars for that customs fee. I don't think so. I don't right. think it's affecting their sales. So True. I think True. it's just a way for the, for the camera manufacturers to protect their their cinema line. Yep. That's really what I think it's about. Yep. But they yep. just couch it in the other terms. Yep. But anyway, so that's so that's the A7S3. Um some things that were released a little bit ahead of NAB um are Premiere Pro, the new version of Premiere Pro. Oh, your yeah. favorite Premiere the, the 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 software you love to hate. I love to I love to hate it, although I kind of love it right now because I'm working with it in a very unchallenging project and it's just super smooth and it's only crashed once in you know, <laughs> 10 hours of use with it. Whereas usually it's just crashing every three seconds. So, and, the, but the reason it's not, I like how you're is, happy that it crashed only once. It crashed only once. And I, I only, lo- I only lost about 10 minutes of work. Um, yeah, but, but, um, yeah, but but the reason it's not crashing is because it's all either HD or even lower quality than HD. It's this project that all these people from all all over the world just use their cameras, their regular phone cameras, to record a bunch of clips of certain subjects. Oh, so it's very it, it varies in quality. It's not big file sizes, all this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's really yep. easy, lightweight codec. The reason that um, Premiere Pro did not crash continually was that that it was dealing with one, one, uh, <laughs> like one clip at a time. No, no, no fancy. It was a multi cam. Wasn't multi cam. It wasn't multi cam. Not too many tracks. It wasn't four uh, K material. No, it was. It was barely HD, if if at all. There's right. only two clips that were HD. The rest were way lower. Like standard def. Standard def, or even lower. <laughs> and uh, some of it's pretty bad. Right. Um. Um, and nothing, no fancy effects, no, you know, really super processor intensive effects. So they did great. So, you know, over like, so it's great. Premiere Pro is designed for projects that are 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, not yeah. now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they came, so they came out with this, um, Premiere Pro 12, right? So it's got all these great features. Um, what does it have? It has this one, one great feature, which is color matching. So I think it'll automatically analyze two different tracks from two different cameras. Oh, and, and it'll match good. the color. Yeah, that actually is really cool. I think that exists in Resolve right now. 
but it does it didn't exist in uh, Premiere until now. So that's actually really cool. Uh, the problem is, is that I'm still on a version of Premiere Pro that's like two years old because every time I've updated it to a newer version, it's just had it's been so buggy that I couldn't even use it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I'm using a version. It's 11.02. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like the very first version of 11 or very soon after the first version of 11, which is the last release from 2017. Okay. So, yeah. So I haven't even taken advantage of all these supposedly great new features and upgrades because I actually need to work. What? Why? Why are are these last two version upgrades so buggy? And has anyone uh, uh, resolved the issue? Well, um, when I don't know for sure, because honestly, I just need to work. I can't be like trying out their beta software um, and and testing it. That's the thing that's really annoying to me because basically. Once I upgrade to Premiere Pro and I have all these issues, I have to spend all this time backtracking. Right. And I just don't have time to do that. So I have to set aside some time to just try out these new features and then make sure I have an extra copy separated of my old software. So it does, and, and, and also what was really crazy about the last version, it was like the very last version of 11 that had some good features. Mm-hmm. It, erase, it erases your previous versions of 11. So the good stable version that I really needed for my work right. when I when I upgraded it erased it and there's no way <laughs> they didn't put that option to keep the old versions they usually do that which is really good right it just didn't have that option and it just deleted them so I couldn't even go back to my old version to use it I had to reinstall it I had to go to to a special secret site that Adobe has download it reinstall it. And it still doesn't work the way, as as well as it did before because uh, usually in the in the past there was this linking between Adobe and Media Encoder, which is this companion encoding app that they have. So you could you could do your project in in Premiere and then you could send it, queue it to Media Encoder, so it could actually do all the processing for rendering and and output. Right. So now that link, because of all my uninstallations and deletions and reinstallations, that link does not work. That dynamic link. So, <laughs> in order for me to use Media Encoder, I have to drag the sequence from Premiere Pro into Media Encoder instead of just sending it right from Premiere Pro, which is a big pain. And 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 that just can't work. It, well, it works when I do that dragging thing, but it doesn't work by by just using the Q command. Yeah, from, or or it doesn't work just to work. I mean, uh, <laughs> you, 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 you can't you can't be spending all your time, like you said, debugging their stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's funny because just on these forums and stuff that when they announced it, I read a couple of the new announcement for Premiere Pro 12 and lots like half of them were saying, why don't you just guys just make the stuff more stable instead of coming out with these features? That would be really great. Because you know so, what they want? They want to just release them, you know, to make it sound good and yeah. w- w- without fully testing it, letting you guys test it, whatever, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just really, really complicated to get. To, for such a, co- a complex program to be stable, but yeah. they got to do something because I'm I'm just dying to switch to to Final Cut. Oh, I just sure. haven't, haven't had the time. Oh, to, oh, oh! You'd actually you'd actually want to go back to Final Cut. Final Cut Ten. Yeah. I, I, have Have you been reading a lot about it? And is it something yeah. that's kind of attractive? Oh yeah, it's awesome. I I mean, it's it's. I think it can do everything I want it to do. It's just the, it's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And I actually bought all these um, courses from. Uh-huh. Uh, from Ripple Training, okay. which is one of the famous training programs. I brought their full, well, I actually bought the Final Cut uh, 10.3 uh, 
a full training course from them it was not that cheap. And then like three weeks later, Final Cut 10.4 came out, which mm-hmm. made all those 10.3 lessons obsolete. Mm-hmm. So that was good timing on my part. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> oh, great. But but I think they've upgraded them for free. So that's or some of them. But anyway, yeah, can't wait to do Final Cut 10. Just have to have time to learn it. Right, and, you know? and 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 not have a project that needs to get out immediately so that you can have that time. Which is really rare. Right, right, right. Yeah. Sure. I just need some downtime. Sure. So Well anyway. uh well, okay, so that that's uh uh that's Premiere Pro twelve <laughs> uh and you know our never ending rant on that. How about Sorry, uh, sorry, Adobe. Maybe I might maybe I'm gonna interview Adobe. I'm gonna put him on the spot. Oh, that would oh, that would be interesting. You could call yeah. yourself Dan Rather and see what uh uh see if they actually, you know, come clean on anything. Yeah. I'll I'll see if I can do that. Yeah. I might be nice at first, and then I'll just turn. and just really lay it into them. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. That'll, be, That'll be interesting. That'll be good. <laughs> well, uh, so who 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 else? How about Canon? Can, are we Canon? expecting it? You know, Canon seems to put out a new camera every other day, whether it be you know, pr- uh, a pro, prosumer, consumer, you know, uh, you know. It's a little small point and shoes. They seem to come out with a new camera every single minute of the day. Uh, you know, w- what are you expecting right now? I don't care too much about their consumer cameras, right? Or even their SLRs at this point. Ah, but, okay. But uh, just, just you know, I kind of graduated beyond the Canon SLRs a few years ago when I sold my 5D Mark IV. Oh, yeah. Or Mark III or whatever. I mean, what, 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 don't yeah. you think that most people have, and they've really switched over to Sony's and stuff? It, that, that that seems to be the what what, what everybody's done. Um, maybe for video, I think for stills, no. I think for stills, it's still um, it's still Canon's the leader. You, you you know what? I is that really true? I always thought Nikon was the leader when it came to stills. Oh. Uh, that may or may not be true. I think it's Canon. Then probably split, right, probably split right down the middle, pretty close. Yeah. Although, in my point of view, Nikon has not been making strides recently. Although they've come out with some good stuff, but I'm just not. I don't even know anything about Nikon. They're yeah. just not on my radar. Never have been. Just because yeah. of the video aspect. Right. Um. But Canon had did did re- release a few news cameras recently. So one thing they're going to come out with is kind of a useless upgrade from my point of view is an upgrade to the C200s codec. So previously, the C200, uh, the low-end codec that it supports for internal recording is just an MP4 file. Uh, they're going to upgrade that to the XF AVC type um, file. And all that means is it's just the same codec and quality. It's inside of a Canon-specific wrapper. Mm, okay. Um, one thing that's really good to, about it, though, I think for me, is that if you shoot raw, then the prox- you can also record proxies at the same time. So... So you're shooting wrong at the super high format, but if you want to edit that like quickly or review it, you can also record the same thing in a proxy format. It's a 35 megabit format on the internal cards. So previously, it was just done in a MP4 type file, and there wasn't a really good way to link them. It was kind of complicated mm-hmm. to link the proxy file with the raw file. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be in the same XFAVC format, and they're supposedly going to be easier to link and, and match up later. So that part's kind of cool. But you're not no change in quality. And we knew this from the beginning. And it's just Canon trying to protect their line. Because as soon as they increase the quality of that internal um, MP4 format, they're going to uh, 
that the C300 Mark II is going to die because there's no other reason to buy the C300 Mark II. Oh, got it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but but if Canon introduces this, uh, a new C300, like the C300 Mark III or maybe the C400, then maybe we'll get something out of the C200. So they 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 so they came out with the C300 Mark III, which is about time for. Then that had all these great features and was a lot more expensive than the C200. That would be the end of the C300 Mark II. And then they could add all these neat high-end codecs to the C200 and not cannibalize the C300. Mm, okay. So, yeah, so I, so it's possible. And I, I think it's time because I think the C300 has been out for a while. It's been out for like three years. Yeah, it has been out for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The C300 Mark II. I, I remember yeah. interviewing at the first NIB I was at about the C300 Mark II. And um, that was a few years ago. That was like three years ago? Yeah, yeah 20, 2015, I think. You, you know, uh, and, and then what, what's, what, I, I do know that they released that incredibly expensive one that, that just came out. What did, oh, yeah. What is that one? Well, there's the, the C700, which is just a cinema frame, uh, Super 35 sized uh, cinema camera, mm-hmm. um, 4K, very high quality, but big, more for cinema. But they just re- uh, released a full frame C700. And that's pretty cool. So there's been this movement out there for the high-end camera manufacturers to release full-frame cameras. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ari did it with the Ari 65, and a bunch of movies were shot on it, like you know the last Star Wars and mm-hmm. other stuff was shot on it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, uh, and I think Red has had some for a while. And then uh, Sony's also released some full-frame cameras. And then now the Canon's coming out with theirs. And theirs is considerably less expensive and probably still really good quality. So it looks right. like a really good camera. All right. Well, yeah. do, do you think they're going to have any of this stuff on display at NAB? Yeah. yeah they're going to, I'm sure they're going to have the full frame C700, and I'll probably interview somebody about that. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good, good, yeah. good. Uh, oh, how about uh, you had mentioned something uh, uh, to me uh, prior to us hitting the record button about DJI. Oh, and, yeah, right, uh, right. Uh, I mean, what, what, what's that new one that a lot of people are... You have one, a friend of mine has one, and... Uh, the and Mavic really, Air? Yeah, really yeah. loving that. Really loving that one. It's a really nice unit, very easy to, to work with. Uh, what are you hearing that that they're improving upon or adding to their line? Um, I don't know if they're improving on too much, um, but they seem to come out with a new drone every couple of days, kind of like Sony. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe, maybe they will be coming out with some, I think they came out with, I don't know, some new, some new little, little drone recently. I just got an email and let me, let me see if I can find an email from DJI. I don't know if it was my imagination. Mm. Like I dreamt it. <laughs> That, it was on April. It was on April Fools. Tell it's called the Tello. The Tello. It's not. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it's called the Tello. So and it's only like a hundred dollars. Oh. Yeah, it's called the Tello. Right up my alley. Yeah, and it's 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 got a it's got a camera. It's got a video camera on it. It's really teeny, um, and it's only a hundred dollars. Hmm. 
Um, what, so what, 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 what kind of video can it shoot? High quality? Uh, let me see what the specs are on it. Is it essentially a GoPro with wings on it or something like that? Or um, I don't know if it even has... Well, I don't even know if it actually has... Well, it says 720p, but it's kind of funny how they don't actually put the specs... Yeah. It has 720 feet, 720p transmission, 13 minutes flight time. But what are the actual specs yeah. of this thing? That's um, what I'm interested in. Yeah, don't see the specs. Well, uh, if it's a hundred bucks, I mean, what are you really expecting, right? I mean, really, what, 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 what could you possibly have? It would be a pretty cool like toy for a kid. Yeah, exactly. Get one for my kids. Yeah, and it's really small. Yeah, it's like in your palm. Fits in your palm. So well, that would be cool. Yeah. And it's got protector, the little, the little protectors around the props. So it looks pretty safe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that could be nice. Yeah. It looks, uh, but no specs. Okay. No specs. I wonder why. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll find, I'll go to the DJI booth and I'll demand the specs from them. That would you. be excellent. I'd appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, what, when is NAB occurring? It is occurring, uh, I think it's the sixth through the fourteenth or something. Okay. Yeah, April April sixth. I think the actual show is the actual um, exhibition starts on Monday. Mm. Okay. And what is what is the date on that? Um, let me take my calendar out. I was really prepared for this question, Rodney. Right. I I, I figured that much. I, I, I could have been considerate and pulled it up myself, but I thought, you know, it would sound better if you were struggling to, to go get it. I thought that would uh, be better. Oh, the 9th. The 9th. Okay. Yeah. So, Sixth but through the, the 9th is what you're saying. Yeah. I think the show may start on the 7th. We're going to get there on the 6th. Okay. And then I might actually go to the show a little bit on this, you know, the pre-show on the 7th and the 8th. Okay. And then we'll be there for the actual show floor ninth and tenth. Good. So yeah, I'm gonna. Inter- I think I'm gonna go also interview. Um, have an interview with the Came TV people for a while. They have a, they have a pretty cool new transmission system that I'm kind of interested in. Oh, good. Yeah, you know HD transmission. Sure. Uh, just for kind of monitoring. Yeah, that 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 will be uh, uh, probably very useful. It is. Yeah, I have a I have a higher end one now, but they're yeah. really expensive, like two thousand dollars. So for I think this one's like a thousand dollars, and it's mm-hmm. and also it's got a Wi-Fi capability too, so you can it'll send it to your to your iPads and other things, which is actually pretty useful. Mm-hmm. So you could have one one good set going to your nice monitor, and then you could have all the other people watching on their iPads That's around the set. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. they could see what's going on. Very good. Um, and then as soon as they start talking and commenting, they get ejected from the set immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. That's good. All right. Well, uh, Keith, have a fantastic time. Let them know uh, that Tech Move is in the building, and okay. we will uh, again um, expect fantastic interviews, and we will be bringing those back to you uh, as soon as we possibly can. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, NEB 2018. Uh, happening in Las Vegas, and uh, Keith Moreau will be live on site. Rod Louie will be monitoring here uh, <laughs> everything that goes on here remotely, and uh, we'll be queuing Keith Moreau uh, as if I was Cyrano de Bergerac. So uh, 
kids look that up and learn something, will you? You so, know what I'd like to do once yes. or twice, maybe during the show, is maybe we can do like a Facebook Live or something together. Oh, yeah. Well, that I'd, that'd be good if only I had a Facebook account. Oh, but, uh, because or maybe you, you, do you have a YouTube account? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes. So we but, could do like a YouTube Live. See, because of the security problems that <laughs> Facebook has been having, I wish not to be uh, uh, even associated with something like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Keith, hey, be my guest. I appreciate you uh 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 taking the uh taking the bullet for us and going out to <laughs> NAB uh so that I don't have to. Um uh and I know you will do a, another fabulous job and uh we expect a terrific full featured uh interview segments uh from NAB. So Keith, good luck. Thank we you. greatly appreciate it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up here on Tech Move for right now. You can always reach us on our uh, through our usual ways, which is uh, through the uh, website, which is, of course, uh, www.techmovepodcast.com. Uh, how else can we, how else do they reach us? The, through that uh, world famous Facebook page. Uh, through, <laughs> uh, uh, through oh and, and then you know we also encourage you folks to go to amazon amazon.com slash tech move is that right is correct that, is that what it, yeah. is that what it is give us some kick, kickbacks there and if you just want to uh, give us money you can go to patreon.com slash tech move podcast yeah and that that helps keep the the, the whole ship afloat here so we greatly appreciate yeah. any any help uh, that we can get uh you yeah. can listen Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And if you, I don't think we've gotten any reviews uh, on on uh, iTunes recently. So it would be great if if you could give us a, a five star review, no four stars. Right. And the first person to do that after listening to this, after this podcast is out, which will hopefully be soon, will get a some some type of free prize. We're not sure what it is, but we'll, we'll be it, mailing it, you something. It, it, it could be a swizzle straw from the Bellagio. <laughs> It could be a used cocktail napkin from the MGM Grand, but we haven't quite worked that out. It depends on what uh, the Tech Move uh, prize uh, vault has in it. So uh, we'll keep you apprised of that. So yes, uh, we do encourage five-star reviews on iTunes. Uh, and folks, you can always listen to us on Stitcher. You can listen to us on Player FM. Are those things still alive and well i don't even know are they yeah yeah they are okay uh -huh. fantastic so and of course uh listen to us on uh itunes and stuff like that okay yep yep hey that's it hey i've been rod louis keith thank you so much have a great time at nab 2018 and we will talk right after that how about that yep fantastic okay ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us on tech move we will catch you on the next episode thanks so much good night <laughs>